welcome to the Youth Hockey Hub High School Hockey Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by the Red and Black League. To learn more about the league, go to redandblackleagues.com. Now to the show, featuring YHH publisher Tony Scott, the forum guru, Carl East, and the reigning most viewed high school games champion, Danny Ryan. Here's Danny. Well, welcome back, everybody. Yes, I am Danny Ryan, joined with you in studio, Tony Scott. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing great. Uh, Good deal. And Carl East up in Duluth. Carl? Hey, Danny. How's it going, Carl? Great. I'm ready for the state tournament this week. Oh, is it tourney week? Well, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> I think we're all a little tired from sections and yes. regions. Yeah, youth regions will wear you down. Um, well, Tony, what what do you got going on this week other well, than youth other than regions? Youth regions, we cover, YHH is covering 33 tournaments this weekend. <laughs> not, not two or three, 33 from all over the state. So that'll keep us busy. And then tomorrow, uh, Danny and I will do, you know, 10 or 12 of the teams in the state tournament, 15 questions in 60 seconds. And then Peter and I will head to St. Cloud and knock out four there. And then Peter and I will head to Duluth and we'll interview someone at, I'm doing two kids at Hermantown. And then the longest drive of my life for one interview from Duluth. <laughs> To Warroad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if if don't complain if we interview two kids from Warroad because I'm not driving four and a half hours for one interview. <laughs> so we're gonna get a two for there. We'll do Jason Shagabe and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a Reed kid, maybe we'll get the Norwegian kid. I don't know. We'll get somebody. It'll be it, it, it remains yeah. to be seen. And then we'll head down to Moorhead about around dinner time. And then we'll get home by ten o'clock. Okay, so we have a big... It, 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 it may be four and a half hours from Duluth to Warroad, but the stretch from about Grand Rapids to Baudette will feel like it's ticking six, just so you know. <laughs> it's going to be a cool... I would call it a crawl. <laughs> it's going to be a crawl. I agree. Uh, cruise control. I know. Um, okay, so we have a big show today. Um, we're going to go through each um, tournament um, team by team here. And then go through some predictions. And in the middle, we're going to have Dave Levacom from the Star Tribune uh, talking about his book and Lauren Nelson's book, Tourney Time. So yeah. that should be fun. I read it last night. You did? I read like seven chapters last night. Uh, don't tell Dave, but I still need to buy mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have my copy. Yes. Well, you have an honorable mention in the book too, Carl. I do. Yeah. Nice. Um, other than that, we have some news and nuggets from this week, Tone. Yeah, I got a few uh, college commits. Uh, Carter Ranclev re-upped his commitment uh, with Niagara. Uh, Mason Plant from Marshall committed to Alaska Fairbanks. And Adam Flamang, fresh off the presses. Yep. St. Michael Albertville committed to Bemidji State, which is a great commit for, for Adam. Um, I think both teams there. Yeah, I think so too. He's a great athlete. Uh, we had some stuff come across our Twitter feed a number of times, my email box a number of times. Well, let's, um, let's start with um, Matt Cottingham for um, North Branch. 
Yes, that's um, another one, yes. Yep, so Coach Cottingham stepped down yep. at the end of their season. So um, really after a great run with North Branch, yeah, too. Yeah, as good Bring as you're going to find in North Branch history, that's for sure. Yep, um, so uh, he will now forever be somebody who wears a, a Hill Dad that wears a North Branch jackets. I yes, guess, to yes. Me. <laughs> the way he was introduced to me will be the way he will always be to me now. That's right. And his son, Lannon, is a heck of a hockey player. He's a seventh grader. Um, he'll be at Hill next year. I don't know if he'll be on the JV next year. I don't know what his plans are next year, but he's a heck of a player, let me tell you. Um, and Well, that ruins my chances for getting a North Branch jersey, I guess. Yep, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> um, what else, Tony? So the, I was talking about a second ago, we got um, just some news over, the, over Twitter and email uh, about a team that's in the tournament. Uh, we won't name the team or even really many of the details, but potentially uh, ineligible. So the player, I don't know if the player is playing in the state tournament or with the high school league. Obviously, we've pursued the story as far as we can pursue it. Um, the high school league you know, refused comment on the story. We're not doing a story on it because there's no story there, but there's a potential, I'm saying, after the state tournament uh, of a team maybe getting its – positioning vacated because i think that's what happened right Danny? I don't um know. so so what's going on can you tell me a little bit more than that like oh is there... not really i mean other than the, the player might there might be a player on the team that's ineligible and played ineligible throughout the season i don't know how it all works but the, at the end of the day uh there's not enough information out there and there's not in the state high school you can't confirm it so uh, I just know that if it were true and they played in one second place or won the championship, they may have to vacate that. And that would be something we've never – that's the only reason I'm bringing it up for the purposes of our show, obviously, because I'm not divulging any of the schools and the names or any of that stuff because it's none of really our listeners' business until it's all said and done and there's no not enough information. But the fact that we are nerds about high school hockey, the three yeah. of us, and just like the Gavin Best goal, we'll get to that one later. Yeah, that's a that's something we've never ever seen or dealt with. What are your thoughts about that, Danny? It's weird, you know, type of thing. And this, you know, the league not taking a stance on it is also weird. Weird, but predictable. Very, because it's their baby. This this state tournament is their baby and, and they can't have diaper or dirty diaper going no, into the tournament no <laughs> right I, no I one mean, wants to clean up the diaper i mean it, it, we look at you know like reggie bush right, right? or Clem haskins it, it's just it the gets, whole deal right it gets really really gray All, everybody knows reggie bush won the heisman yeah okay we all saw that year reggie was amazing <laughs> you know type of thing yeah but yeah it's just it's weird you know i don't know how that kind of works i don't know i don't know the details but i'd like to get carl's take on the potential of that happening yeah well i'm trying to think of any past situations i can't think of any that involved playoff games but there have been a couple situations where you know teams had into eligible players actually in my freshman year at Duluth east they had a couple players who moved in broad state and at the time the school is different now but players had to start half the season and they messed that up and they had to forfeit every single game that that those players had played in I think that's been the consistent punishment in the past. So, there was the league applies the same standards. They should, the team should have to forfeit all the team games that player has played in. 
So here's 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 an an example. It was done in girls hockey five six years ago with Achiever Academy. They got to the section final and then had to forfeit the section final or something. I know they didn't make the state tournament and they yeah. were loaded that team. Yeah, they were going to win the state class. And, and the boys couldn't play either. Yeah, the boys got completely. They got shut down. But this because of the two week deal. They got, it happened during the state, you know, yeah. section final where the boys were Still six days away from playoffs, sections, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I forgot about the boys part of that. Yeah, yeah the boys got shut yeah. down, too, yeah. on that side. It, it just it, It's weird because, you know, if a team makes it to state like this team, mm-hmm. there's a team or eight teams, you know, yeah, or what have you. Yeah, seven teams in the section were yeah. like, wait a second. I had a chance. We had a chance, and they took it from us. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot to this discussion. I don't want to talk about the details of it because it's not. We can talk. If something happens with it, we'll talk about it. Absolutely, we will. But until then, Uh it's not not worth it. I agree. All right, let's talk about stuff. One other thing, a piece of evidence for the past. There was a soccer team several years ago called Prairie Seeds Academy, which had an eligible player and then had to forfeit the rest of their season. This happened happened in the playoffs. Okay. Really? And it, did it happen? It happened during the playoffs, not not after. Bef- I believe so. Yeah. Well, we'll do some yeah. research on that, and uh, maybe between sections, we'll uh, yeah. we'll talk about that one. Mm-hmm. Danny, let's do it. Class A. Class A. So we're gonna go team by team here and kind of break down how they got there, and then afterwards we'll give you a prediction of what we think is going to happen on each side. Um. First game on Wednesday, the 11 o'clock game, Mankato East. The unseeded Mankato East plays the number two seed, St. Cloud Cathedral. Mankato East coming from 1A, where they had to beat Crosstown rival Mankato West, mm-hmm. where they beat them 3-1. to one. Their first ever meeting in a, a section That's final. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. one of those I wish I could have been at. You know? Yes. And I think that was on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Uh, we were. I was at a better place on Wednesday. Yes. Especially around this time. Yes. <laughs> Carl was, I was not. not. Yes, you were not. <laughs> um, okay. The Cougs. What makes the Cougs an interesting team, Tony? Well, they have juice. First of all, Cougar juice is something that's been the secret sauce for them all year. Um, they have, I don't know, they have five or six really good forwards on their team. Decent defense. If someone can pull an upset... It's Mankato East. They, I saw them play Shakopee. They looked like a double-A team on the ice with Shakopee. Okay. And and obviously their opponent is a double-A team masked as an, you know, as an A team, right? Yeah. Um, Carl, the num- has when was the last time a Section 1A team won a first-round game? Has that Ooh, happened? That's, Ooh, wow. That's a good bit of trivia. Lourdes, Lourdes had to have won once. Well, uh, Northfield. Knocked off. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yes. Wow. That was just, that was just four years ago. So yeah. Who they beat? Matamidi? Delano. No, Matamidi. No, yeah. Matamidi. They, they beat Matamidi. Yeah. Yep. Delano got beat the yep. game before that. Yeah. Mammal. Mammal. Yep. Mammal. So it is possible. And that was the year that we saw two of the, the top three seeds get unseated. Mm-hmm. It is very much possible. They'll, they'll have a tough hill to climb against St. Cloud Cathedral. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Say that uh, again. The, the unseeded teams in Class A this year are better than they usually are, but the problem is the, the, the top three seeded teams are also better than they usually are. So <laughs> I'm not sure that 
Amen to that. Agreed. Couldn't agree with that more. It's it, it just it, the ranked teams are very, very strong this year, and one of them is St. Cloud Cathedral. They grabbed the number two seed. Coming out of Section 6A, um, where they beat Alexandria, what was it, 8-1 to one in yeah. their section final? They just rolled. And just, they, they rolled through the whole playoffs, too. Yeah, no one was going to touch them. Now, we'll, let's talk about this team for a little bit. Obviously, they're probably the best, the deepest team in the Class A field, I would mm-hmm. argue. Um, their top line will probably be Warner, Smith, and Perbix. It's crazy. <laughs> and their their decor of Bell, Bogenholm, yeah. um, Zins. Zins. It's crazy. It's, it's insane how good this team yeah. is. It, it's, this is. This is a team that's made to win again. Let's yeah. put it that way. And I, and I think any of the f- top four seeds can win. We might laugh about Monami and I, but they're a machine as well. So. No, um, I, I've i always liked Cathedral since watching them this year. They look like what they did last year, and what they did last year was really a textbook way to win the state tournament. It's amazing to think that Jack Smith returns after a quarter zone shot. He's got, I, I don't know all the, the physical ailments, but it's both arms. It's not just like one arm. It's both arms. He caught both of the cathedral it's, injuries? Yeah, he, it's just, this kid's like on a, <laughs> on a thread right now, right? Yes. And, and, he, and you know how rough and tumble the kid plays, too. So it's yeah. not like he's just like a finesse player. So the fact that he's done what he's done so far in his five, six, seven games return, and what he did in the in the final, I mean, it was like three or four goals in a yeah. row. It was sickening what he's doing right yeah so what he's gonna do in the state tournament is gonna be special yeah and the fact that in his injuries too or with all the injuries and the shots and just what he's doing for his buddies at cathedral not going to the national development team i mean this yeah. is why he's on the cover of our book you yeah. know i mean this is the kid right here yes you know exactly so we'll have a lot of fun watching him at 11 on Wednesday at the 1 o'clock game or really like the 145 game. <laughs> 215 game. <laughs> the 215 game. <laughs> the unseen. <laughs> what you use the Tuesday it's game? It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> why do they even put it at 1? Like, why? Who are they insulting? <laughs> it's, oh, can you come early? <laughs> That's like, can you RSVP? But, like, the party really starts. I just yeah. want you to get here before yes. all my friends get here. God. That's exactly what that is. It's brutal. Thank you for doing that, Danny. That was a public service announcement. Well, I mean, it's hard to keep on. Like, they give us one schedule, and they have a super secret schedule that they need to maintain by, I want to say. Well, like the state finals, like 730. It's like 7 o'clock start, which means we're going to run 32 minutes of commercials and one minute of Lou Nanny and Jim Erickson. Well, and you can't break into two broke girls. I mean, <laughs> so let's let's just be clear here. Tony. I know, I know. All right, let's move on. As, as much as I'm having fun with this, I don't know if our listeners are. Let's move to the Monty game. Okay, okay the Monticello Moose unseeded will play Hermantown Hawks, the number three seed. Monticello coming out of Section Five A, and they had a tight game against Pine City. What a game! Oh, what a game! Oh, that one. Oh, I wish I'd have seen that one. That's the old Thursday, like pick your poison, right? We had a good game on Thursday. Eh. We we caught a close game on Thursday. Close game. We did see a Carl close caught game. a close game on Thursday. Yeah. 
<laughs> you could have picked some real dogs to go to. Real dogs. <laughs> Look, Even Peter got kind of a dog in the, uh, up in Thief River. I ha- I don't have the FOMO that I have this year. No. Carl definitely has FOMO. Oh, yes. Not great. <laughs> yeah. The only good game he saw was the Forest Lake one. Oh, <laughs> um, no, no, no. The, the words good and that game can never be. No, it wasn't <laughs> really wasn't a good game. Other than the fact to watch the Forest Lake kids celebrate. Yes. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So Monticello beats Pine City six to four. There was empty. Th- There's like three goals, three goals in, like, in two a minute. minutes. Yeah. In, in a minute. minute. So Pine City scored to tie it with under two or just over two left in the game. Yes. And then 40 seconds later, Monticello just drops the hammer on them. I was building the score sheets for this thing for our, our little story. You know, we did eight capsules. Peter wrote the stories, and I built the score lines. I was like, wait a second. There was another goal? There was another goal? There was another goal? There was another goal? It was like four goals in the last two minutes. I know. How close. Well, you you imagine if you left early? Honey, <laughs> we're double parked we're here at the Forty. <laughs> There's one way out. Yes. I got to go to Gabe's to get some food. Oh, man. Did you miss it? <laughs> yeah. I. It, well, that was the game of the night, I thought. Yeah, that one was the one to be at. And hats off to Monticello. You know, this is the team to beat in 5A, and they still kind of prove that. They're big brother in this section. They really look are. Look at the enrollment. I don't know what the enrollment is, but it's got to be close to 1,000. It, it's got to be. And you know darn well, if you, if you added up if you added up all the other teams in the section, like Pine City and Mora Malacca, all those schools, I bet yeah. you couldn't get to 1,000. Yeah. It's just, it's... It's interesting. It is really weird dynamic. So they will play Hermantown for the third time in three years. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So two years ago, they played in the championship game, obviously. Yeah. Last year was a quarterfinal. Three years. Three three years, years. Sorry. Sorry. Hermantown was not there last year. They were. It feels feels like they were. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank. In the three times and three meetings at state. Can yep. I say that? Yep. You can. Uh, yep. Okay. Um, so I knew what you meant, Danny, by three times in three years because I knew already that Hermantown wasn't there last year. <laughs> well, that's Carl getting good section finals and having a good memory for the ones last year. I guess. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you look at on the flip side, Hermantown. They are rolling right now. Yeah. Think about uh, that, though. He had two of the best section finals last year. Yeah, Carl, you, you really did. Was that the Logan Anderson one last year? Last uh, year? Was that yeah. Lo- Logan yeah, last year? Obviously, he had yeah. the Dante, and then he had Logan the next night. That's pretty – I forgot how great those were. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Carl, let's talk about Hermantown for a little bit. You were at their semifinal and final. Talk about the Hawks for a little bit. Yeah, and they're rolling along right now. Obviously, it's like the Andy and Joey Pierce get the, the power billing as they should. But uh, really, I was, I was impressed by the quality of play from Hermantown's second line, the all-junior line at Pionk and down Ankles. They were rolling, too. Um, there's good depth there. Um, defense a bit less strong, and they were just clicking at all cylinders. Um, you know, never really tested. You know, felt hung in there for a little bit, but you could just see it slowly slipping away and, you know, going from maybe it's going to be interesting to survival mode to, well, there it went. <laughs> so, Did you say London and Ankles were together? Um no, Pionk, Dowd, and Ancliffe are. Okay, all right, London sorry. the top line with Kylan and Beyondi. All right, yeah, London and Ancliffe have been playing together since they were like 
five. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they've been and they're little guys. I mean, they're they go and they work the short stubby, stubby guys, short yes. stubby guys. Yeah, they played on a team in the Bantam Elite League. They didn't make the North team, but they came down and played on a Kukkonen team, and they were phenomenal, phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm like, they're gonna make a mark. Those two uh, up in Hermantown or in Section Seven A someday. Now, did Hermantown score with six seconds left to put it eight to one, Carl? Um. So they scored with four seconds left. They did six nothing over Denfeld. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, putting a cherry on top. <laughs> Why is the best player in the state on the ice? I mean, that yeah. is like the, I hate those tweets. Yes, yes. That's why I'm bringing this. You up. literally want to grind my gears. I say just want to troll like you. I hate that. <laughs> well, part of the reason. The, the best players want to be on the ice because they want to yeah. celebrate with the goalie, you dumbass. Sorry. <laughs> That's why. Well, leave it out. Oops, uh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Hermantown is obviously rolling right now. I would argue that they have the best player in um, for the Class A field in Blake Biondi. Yeah, one well, of them. Yeah, one of them. I don't think you can argue that. And talking about War Road, they're up next. They will play the six o'clock game, um, and they will play. They are the number one seed in the tournament. They will play unseeded three A's Hutchinson Tony. I want to talk about them being the number one seed. Okay, let's. Talk I about got it. text messages from the Hermanstown staff asking if they would be the number one seed. And I said, "Well, you should be the number one seed," but. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Hermantown got it. Well, the reason why I'm going to say that War Road deserves the number one seed is because of the East Grand Forks-St. Cloud Cathedral game at the end of the season. St. Cloud Cathedral and Hermantown tied. I was there at that one. Yep. And then the shellacking that East Grand put on Cathedral yeah. solidified them. And War Road shellacked them in the final. Uh, yeah. Right. So, I, I, early, but yes. You never know. You know what I mean? Like, Certain schools get more favor in this. I don't know anything process. about that. <laughs> you do not know anything about that. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Um, so talking about the in the six o'clock matchup, uh, unseeded number one seed from three A Hutchinson was the best team in three A that's coming out. Yeah. Right. Mm. Oh, not even close. Do you have any yeah. Hutchinson stories that you can give us, Tony? Uh, not really, other than the fact that the uh, coaches at Hutchinson, Matt and Mark Telecki, okay. are brothers. One coaches the girls, Mark, and Matt coaches the boys. And they both are uh, coaching in the state tournament this year. How's oh. that for a little factoid? That's a little fun fact. I, I talked to him on Friday and uh, working on getting a kid to meet us up in St. Cloud for the, uh, for the interviews. Okay. Um, Carl, what, what did you learn about Hutch in your show prep? Uh, I learned that Austin Joswick has been uh, their leading scorer this year. Hayden Jensen is really a tick. So it's like like a lot of these other Minnesota teams, you have a couple players who are really carrying the load. But look at their scores over the year. And they gave teams like Illinois or no pretty good games. Um, so, so it's not out of the question that they could hang around in this one and make it sort of interesting. They're kind of like the Laverne of four or five years ago. I mean, they're just thumping teams in that part of the country, <laughs> that part of the state. And then they come back and they get a little bit more of a reality check when they play like in some of the tougher right county teams and yeah. like that. That's kind of what you should expect. But so like Laverne did in like 17 or 18 against Hermantown, they could give them a game. Yeah. 17. 17. 17. Yep. Um, 
So we look on the flip side, War Road, number one seed for the tournament, coming out of Section 8A. This team shellacked East Grand Forks, and they put a statement on that they are the number one seed in the state. As long as they're not playing Rozo, it's one of the best teams in the state. <laughs> they're 26-2. I mean, even War Road would say that, yeah, right? They're 26-2 and two with two losses to Rozo. <laughs> and that's crazy. it. And that is it. it Terrible losses. Oh. Terrible losses to Rozo. Yeah. I mean, epic losses to Rozo. Yeah, as Carl keeps piping in, they beat Moorhead. They beat Cathedral. This team is a very, very Rapids. good team. They beat Rapids. I mean, it, this team is special. Uh, I get, agree. Um, get excited to see this team. They have a very good shot, I would say, now at making the section or the state finals yep. just because they're the number one seed, and that's an easier for this year. You yeah, don't they're, have not to go playing, they're not playing like Hermantown or, or Cathedral. Cathedral. But still, Matamita is no. Yes. Cupcake. No. And, know, and so or Delano. I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk those guys up hard today. That's good. So uh, so we look at this um Woro team, Grant Slukinski's really the player to watch out for there. You are just got this name down, boy. And um Jason Shagabe. You call that one's easy, but yeah, it's that's a fun name to say. Shagabe. 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 Shishago. Oh, Bay. Shishago Lakes is not in the tournament, so we do not need to worry about having to say Shishago. Shishago Bay. That's a new name. Wouldn't that be terrible? Like, I'm calling, like, games uh, for the radio, and I have to call the Shishago game if they're in it, and I just literally cannot say that. The Wildcats. <laughs> yeah. Just have to say the Wildcats. Wildcats the whole broadcast. WCs. The Cats. The Cats. The team yeah. in the green and gold. Yeah. <laughs> Green's got the momentum now, Zach. <laughs> yes. Um, so, anyways, this is a team that I think can really make some damage this year, and one to watch if you're, you know, looking forward to seeing them at the X. Yeah, absolutely. In the eight o'clock game, but more like the ten thirty game, <laughs> or at least it feels like two thirty because I am way past my bedtime when this one starts. Yes. Um, Delano, the number five seed, and Matamidi grabs the number four seed. Delano coming from section two A, and really very big section final win there, Tony. What a great win for them. I mean, I mean, give Armstrong credit. I mean, they had they, thirty-seven shots. I'm pretty they sure in that game, pumped them. Yeah, they should have won that game. I was talking to a Delano parent, not a hockey parent, but just a parent who was at the game. He's like, we got lucky. We we went out of the first period, and we are like, okay, we're going to win. And then we came into the second, like, yeah, we're going to win. And Armstrong was like, no, uh, you're not. Yeah. And the third period, no, you're not. <laughs> we, you know, Meanwhile, I'm sitting there watching Burnsville and St. Thomas Academy play chess. You know, that was really, that was a chess game. It was a Trent Ogden special. The game over in St. Louis Park down the road is freaking a gonzo. You know, that place was packed. You've made the mistake twice, though, of going over to 2A. Actually, leaving 2A to to, to come to to 3AA. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Um, been your friend recently, Tony. No, that rink's been bad to me. Braemar has been bad to me on section final. Now. Okay, talk about your Tigers then. I don't have to look this up because I was doing research on them earlier. They've won 12 in a row. 12 in a row? That's pretty amazing. That's Vito Arno. Good. You know, this Solid. is a good team. I'm telling you right now, 
Garrett Vanberger's teams get better as the season goes on. And, and that's always get better. That's weird. I mean, like, do they do they get better and lose to? Oh, here we go, Monticello. And Greenway. I'm we're here for you, Tony. I'm just saying this is a team that plays well at the end of the year. Is this a team that's finally going to you know oh. get over the hump? Well, it took them a while just to get over the hump originally because all the dastardly losses they had in the early 2010s. <laughs> to Breck? To Breck, you know. But I still think this is a team that will uh, give Matamidi more than they would wish for. Matamidi really got the gift of having um, chaos break in front of them in their section, I, I would say. You could say that again. Their toughest game was against Tartan, which was a 2-0 game in the semifinals, and they won last night 5-1 to with an empty netter, I want to say. Over South St. Paul. Yep. yep. How about South St. Paul going through the the uh, the wealth the wealth pool? <laughs> what was the first game? Who did they beat in the first game? Uh, South St. Paul. Oh, Gentry. Beat Gentry. Yep. A lot of wealth there. Yep. And then they beat St. Paul Academy. Good a lot money. of wealth there, and then they go up. To, then they go up to Matamidi, where there's more wealth there too. It's like <laughs> they almost the most blue collar team ever went through all those different teams and almost made it. To stay. The wealth bracket, the wealth bracket, the wealth enhancement group bracket. <laughs> okay, so you you have Matamidi. This is a team that's been there. Their hump is not the first round game. Their hump is the second round game. <laughs> You should see their Twitter feed. It's just like, state tournament appearances, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, 2,000, blah, blah, blah. Third place, third place, third place, third place, third place, third place, third place. It's like their domain. You know? yeah, it's the South St. Paul. South St. Paul. They're really the South St. Paul of our era. They've become the South St. <laughs> yeah. Paul. You're right. Just continuously getting third places. I uh, that's what makes this interesting, and they now have a sophomore goaltender, Tony, who has been to the state tournament before. Darty, Ben, ben Dardis. He is uh, he is a fun goaltender to watch. He's very he's not very big. He's a tiny kid, but no. he can really really see the puck well. I haven't started their roster, but Ben is a triplet, so I'm wondering if either of his other two brothers one, are on the team. One yeah. is yeah. Yeah, Jack and Grant, I think are their names are. Yeah, one is, yeah, one Grant. was playing JV, Yep. if my memory serves me correct. And the last uh, Matamidi game I went to was the Orono one Carl and I did. Yep. So yeah. um, I really I think this Matamidi t- team can cause some teams fits. Uh, they just need to be playing – all together now. I think they're a good yeah. squad. And if they're in the state final, hallelujah, right? That would be awesome. Carl? Yeah, I gotta say, I think they have the best goalie in the Class A field, and I think if it turns into Slikinski and Chugabay against Gardas on Friday afternoon, that's gonna be a fun little matchup. I agree. Okay, let's. can we do some predictions? Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, so in the... Morning games, Mankato East versus St. Cloud Cathedral. Can, we make, can I make a rule? Okay. That we have to pick at least one upset, one of us. We can't just go one, two, three, four. That would be boring. Does five count as an upset? <laughs> yes, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're holding to these picks, right? There's not like I'm not a... picking an upset in Class A, Tony. Okay. All right. I, I'm just telling you that right now. Kay. I'm not picking an upset. Right. I'm saying St. Cloud Cathedral beats Mankato East. Are you Either saying, one. yeah, Carl, Carl will, uh, do you want to be the lowly person that picks the uh, the cougar juice? 
Do you really <laughs> think? Th- juice. Do you like the juice? I like the juice. <laughs> because really, I like the juice. I'm going Cougars over uh, the team, the defending state champs. I'm going with it. The defending state champs that have three current D1 commits. One of them, one player that's not even a commit, that's a Mr. Hockey finalist. Well, he's on UMD, going to UMD, isn't he? No, no, oh, that was okay. a typo, Tony. Okay, sorry, sorry. That was a, so you're Just st- having some fun with it. You're and still- Blake Perbix is a Division One. hockey player. Well, yes, player. He, no he will be going somewhere. Yep. Uh, you still have Mankato East. Cougars, baby. Still have Mankato East. Book it. Okay. I feel like this is one of our interviews with the players. Like, we're trying to tell you, you know, you, you can pick against your own team. Right. It's okay. You're it's okay. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. even from Mankato. Okay. Fine. See, it, now I got my upset done. Now I can pick Matamidi over Delano because I was pumping their tires pretty okay. early. Okay, that's, that's fine. Cool. That's fine. I, I, I stood by mine. I am not picking an upset. Yeah, but we, uh, we're going to go all the way to the state. Can we go all the way to the state championship game and tell yeah. us say who we're going to pick to win? Sure. Okay. Sure. Can we predict Let's a go. game that Carl and I both see happening and you don't see happening? Can I we? Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking it up, Zach. Put my fist down on that one, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Are you down with your temper tantrum? Yes. Here? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Monticello versus the number three seed Hermantown. Tony, you want to pick an upset? Nope. I'm going Hermantown. I like them favorites. <laughs> okay, man. Danny, is he okay? <laughs> he is. He had a stroke. Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> okay. I think I see Hermantown coming out of this game. I saw Monticello versus St. Cloud Cathedral. They're a very talented team. And they are definitely the best team to come out of 5A, but I don't see them beating one of the top threes. And here's why I don't either. It's your it's your comparative score. Just go straight comparative score. The 5-5 five, five score between Cathedral and Hermantown tells you all you, tells need, you, all you need to know about what, what Monticello is up against to win this game. So just on that track, right, I look at... War, uh, not War Road, Mankato East. What's the comparative score, Tony? Oh, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Do I have one? No. Uh, that's my point. I've seen them. They're a good squad. Okay. Um, Carl, you got Hermantown? Yes. Okay. Can we talk about the bottom side of the bracket before we move to the top side of the bracket? And see? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we see Hermantown versus St. Cloud Cathedral happening. Okay, Tony? Some of us do. Some of us do. Let's talk about that game because it was the best game that I probably saw in the season. Right. That's why you want You want to see it again. I do. Like Rocky. Like Rocky, Rocky 2 was not as good that's, as Rocky. That's the only reason Danny picked. That, that, yeah, you're right, Carl. That, yep, that is the, the only reason. Because I'm a big fan of Rocky 7. <laughs> Huge. Okay? What was the one with the with Creed? Creed! You Right? Was that the second? Like... I don't know, yeah, Tony. There's, there's, there's Stop another, looking at me for Rocky, Rocky there's, references. There's a, there's for a your Creed. Ro- for your Rocky Creed one reference? and Creed two. No. Anyway, kid. Hermantown St. Cloud Cathedral. Can Cathedral do it this year? Yes. Okay. They they if, ha- if they get by Mankato East, I think they'll beat Hermantown. Okay. Does Hermantown beat Cathedral, Carl? I'm leading Cathedral here. I think I just have a little more confidence in them, especially with the way that that regular season game ended. The the thing that I have just watching the regular season game because I saw the overtime in that, 
I just they were without Jack Smith. They were both teams are going to have to run two lines. I like the two lines and decor better so at, at St. Cloud Cathedral. That makes the difference for me in this game, and it, I think it will prove true. Now the best player is Blake Biondi on the ice in that game. At least the one that can really steal the game. And he's probably not going to leave the ice very often. Let's put it that way. It's yeah. tournaments like this where I'm glad there's two class system. Because you're going to see Some two really good re- And these teams have played really, really good games against each other. A couple overtime games and everything. This is what... I go back to the 17th semifinal is one of the best I've ever seen. Now, here's an interesting... I, I want to tie this back to you and I, Carl. In 2007, St. Thomas played Duluth Marshall in the 2-3 matchup, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They beat each other up, and they took each other to double overtime. Do you yep. see that type of thing happening to both of these teams where they might not have enough power to get past either Matamidi or Hermantown or Whoa. Delano? War Road, sorry, sorry. Ah, it's it's possible. I think certainly War Road is in a much happier position, not having to potentially not having to play two you know slugfests in back to back days. Especially, and I think that's especially beneficial for War Road since they're a thinner team. But um, and I think that maybe what could save one of these two teams is that sure they're they might have to go through that gauntlet, but they're also deep enough that they can you know, spell their better players a little bit and still have a chance to win. Okay, I have Cathedral. I think this is going to be another overtime game. Tony, who do you have? I like Cathedral, too. Okay, We all do. Okay. Yeah, we all do. Okay. so Good luck with me and Hermantown on Monday. That's going to be a fun one. I'm going to be be up there, and I picked against them, and they're going to punch me in the face, unplug my lights or something. Who knows? Yay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, have fun with um, St. Cloud up at the MAC as well. You picked Mm -hmm. them to lose. Yeah, to the Cougars. Yes. Um, Okay, Monticello, Hermantown, or not, War Road, Hutchinson. Running time? War Road. War Road. Yes. Delano, Monomedi, Tony. I like Delano a lot, but I think just Monomedi's played great hockey. Just so good. The last, you know, since Colin Hagstrom back, last six weeks been really good hockey team. Carl? Yeah, I, I trust Bobby uh, in, in, in the quarterfinals. I, I agree with that. Seeds normally fall true in Class A. Yep. It, and so, Warroad, Monomedi. Hmm. Uh, you got to go Warroad. Mm-hmm. Unless something crazy happens where their first line gets shut out. If their first line is shut out in this game, it's Matamidi. Yeah. And that's that's how I see this happening, but I still say War Road wins it. So Matamidi getting to the state final would be new territory for them. Okay. Um, and I just, new territory is hard to come by. I agree. Okay. War Road versus Cathedral. Who wins it now? Both teams healthy. Okay, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Someone's hard. Yeah. I'll go first. I'll say, I'll say that it goes to Saint Cloud Cathedral again. It, 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 now the keys to the puzzle that Saint Cloud yeah, Cathedral don't know, right is how tough is that game against Hermantown going to be? Yep, and they don't have their goaltender from last year. Okay, yep. that's a factor, and it has been all season, really, for them. 
I think no, Grant Martin. Both. I think Grant Martin's a better goalie than Amundsen was. So. It, it, true, and, and that. Uh, but In my opinion, first time there, second time there, yep. different stories. Yep. I, I would say. Yep. Um, I really think that it's going to come down to D and blocking shots against Warroad if they play Warroad. Right, Carl. I'm going to go Warroad. I just really enjoyed them so much every time I've seen them. The the key for them is holy, just getting those lower lines to hold up against these deeper metro area teams or or, or hometown. I think they can make it happen. Yeah, I don't see... Literally, I think, like I said earlier in the show, any of these four teams can win the state title. That's what makes it such a fun tournament. Okay, yeah. Same with the double A. So who do you got? I'm leaning Cathedral. Okay. Just based on the fact that they didn't have um, Jack Smith Nate or, or Warner. Nate Warner in their first game. They they didn't play 50, you know, didn't play 100-100 against each other. I think they're still a little bit strongest. I think they're the strongest team in this in the Class A. Okay, so that's who we see. What storylines are you looking for in Class A specifically? What are you most excited to see on the Class A side this year? That you wouldn't normally see. War Road. The World Jersey. <laughs> they won't the wear world, a black. The World History. Yeah, they're going to be wearing white the whole time. Yeah. Uh, just the World History. You know, you, you're going to see Slukinski out there, and, you know, he's a Marvin, and, you know, all the things that come with Marvins, you know, and all the history that goes with them. And that part will be really cool. And then you have uh, Jason Shogbe, who's a native, and he's got some bloodlines to TJ Oshie. That's a great story. I mean, this I mean, their no band f- is awesome, yeah, by the way. Yeah, too. and no offense to Cathedral and Hermantown and Delano and Montemita, but we see these guys every year. We don't get to see Warroad every year. The state doesn't get to see Warroad every year. That'll be the fun part about this. That's the fun storyline, especially if they can win their first two games and get to the final. And then we're going to see Larry Olam, and we're going to see Henry Boucher, and we're going <laughs> to see all the, the cliche Warroadisms are going to come flying at us for three straight days, which that's what I'm looking forward to. Carl? Love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what should be two fantastic games. First, the presumed Her- Hermantown Cathedral semifinal, unless you're Tony, who doesn't want that. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> and then the final assuming it is Warroad against whoever wins that game. That's going to be a, you know, two big heavyweight matchups as we've ever seen in Class A. And heck, it would be fun to see Matamini break through, break out of the South St. Paul you know, <laughs> curse. curse. You know, It would be fun to see Jeff Polschel in the state yeah. final. You know, I mean, he's a class act. It's a oh, great Polsch team. is awesome. Yeah, great deal. I, I think this might be one of the most sold-out uh, Class A tournaments that we've ever seen. Yeah. I really do. I think this is a, is the, good as seventeen with with mammal. I don't think we'll ever see it as good as that. I think that that was the height. So this is where it could get fun. If Warroad is playing Hermantown, all the boo birds that would be out to just boo Hermantown would be crazy. Yeah, that's true. I just think that seventeen that was a special year. The other thing, Tony. It's supposed to be fifty degrees I know, on Saturday. Fifty-two on Saturday. That's great Whoa. for the tournament, isn't? It? And it's bad for that. No, st- no one will be falling in puddles this year. No. Well, thank I, you. I'm not <laughs> sure they're doing that. That festival. Thing Lucky Palooza is not that weekend, is it? No. Oh, thank yeah, God. It's early this year. It, it, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> and St. <Saint> oh. Patrick. <laughs> so it's just going to be us 
and hockey fans. I know. Not uh, us and those weirdos. Well, here's the thing. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is a lot of fun. Okay? Yes, if you want to enjoy totally fine. green beverages, go for it. But when you're super loud, uh, just invading all the bars and just like... Weren't there like BMX bikes being yeah, jumped? That was... It was just—it was insane. It was insane, and then like literally, like you couldn't go to like the restaurants unless you had to get hand stamped and everything. Yeah, I had a backpack. I'm like, uh, I'm a reporter. I'm yeah, like, it's like, uh, sorry, sir, you can't have a backpack. I'm like, what? I'm just trying to go. I'm like, a beer my, here. It's like my car's here. Like, <laughs> let me go get my car. Like, who are it's you? Just a pain in the. Yeah, it, it was like ASS, and so no, that is super nice. Uh, though I'm still gonna invest in some good old fashioned earplugs for Sean Ryan, my dad. Yes, uh, because he needs <laughs> those. Um, but it's gonna. That's what I'm looking forward to. Class A is going to be a lot of fun this year. Be a blast. Okay, so let's um, change a corner. Let's move to our Sniper's Edge, not player interview. Writer interview. Writer interview. With David LeVake. We are now joined with Dave LeVake. Dave, how's it going? Hey, it's doing well. How are you? Welcome to the show. Um, Carl, you want to start off the questions for Dave? Sure. So, uh, Dave, you know, what really inspired you to start working on this book? You know, it's such a huge undertaking. What kind of made you think now is the time to go research all 75 years of high school hockey? Yeah. Uh, fame and fortune. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, that's right. No, it was just, as you go through covering the tournament for about a decade and you pull different resources together and, and you're, and you're looking at the let's play hockey book from 2000, what they had all the rosters and the box scores. And, and you're looking at, um, you know, the, the different websites where they have some information on stats. I was just like, geez, we need a book that has more of the color and then the characters mm-hmm. and the fun and, and, uh, and then I had done uh, 20 years uh, after the fact from the 1995 uh, Duluth, uh, Duluth East Dave game uh, tournament. And then the following year, look back at 1996 and the great Duluth East Apple Valley game. And and the um, everything that I learned in doing that work. And then Lauren will tell you the same thing when he did the top 100 high school players and all the, f- the feature mm. stories that he wrote and all the things you learn, you know, looking back years later. And uh and, and so just doing those projects confirmed to us that, you know, we, this is what we, we need to be doing something for the full 75 years and let's, let's give it a shot. And that's what, that's what we set out to do. All right. So why don't you explain a little bit of your process and you know, the amount of research that went into this and, you know, you know, I, I sent you a couple of DVDs from my, my, my collection, but I'm sure you had to talk to a ton of people and there was a lot of probably diving into our archives and historical information that a lot of us don't even know exists. Did yeah. you have to use microfiche ever? Yeah, in fact, if you heard a big, if you heard a big cheering, shouting, that was me when we were done having to look at microfiche. I, yeah, the history center I has love it. Microfiche. Well, I, I do mean, too. Super cool. I'm, I'm glad they had it, and I'm glad to be done with it. <laughs> I mean, I would stare. I mean, if everyone thinks, you know, oh, there's some glamorous, you know, book and this and that, and there is some glamour to it, but there's also staring at microfilm so hard that you give yourself a headache. And then driving, mm-hmm. leaving your house at one thirty on a Tuesday afternoon to drive down to the History Center to get a, uh, an obituary on a long-dead St. Paul um, Public Works uh, employee that you're going to put two lines on him into your story. But, but you want it to be authentic and good, so you drive down to grab this thing. So all of that, yeah, the microfilm. So that was one 
element of the research. And then we did 400 interviews in, in total. Uh, both Lauren and I hit about the 200 mark. Staggering. Yep. We pulled 200 photos and, uh, and then all of a sudden all the microfilm. And then, you know, we would get our hands on anything else we could. I had a, there's a book that was written about the Iron Range Hockey Conference um, from the yes. mid-60s, late 60s. Yep. Yeah, blue cover. You've yeah, seen it? Yeah. Seen it. I had a library up there, sent it down to my library. And, you know, just – and you know, there's some books out there about Thief River Falls and International Falls, and uh, you know, uh, our friend Jim Hoy, of course, had the, the Puck Heaven mm-hmm. trivia books and did a great uh, autobiography on uh, Willard Eichler. So you know, we just we just researched all those, and but we also really defaulted to um, the interviews that we did. And for example, I remember writing about the 1960 Duluth East team, and I realized one of the guys that I'd met for lunch, I didn't have a quote from him, and I had some quote that the South St. Paul coast used in the newspapers from those days. And I omitted that and put this guy's quote in, in its place. So we, we tried to really default to the stories that we were be, being told in the present time. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's the way we, we went about writing it. Was it fun? Oh, it was absolutely fun. <laughs> it was, I mean, you're talking about all the phone calls that went out. I think three weren't unreturned. And one of those numbers, wow. I'm not even sure if it was right. So anybody you sure. re- reached out to and explained what you were doing, they were all in and, and just so happy to help. And you know, can can we can I send you something, uh, uh, scrapbooks or this that? It, everybody was all in. It was and it spoke to, yeah. This we're supposed to be doing this now. This 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 needs to be done. And you know, I mean, we talked to uh, three uh, two guys that played in the first tournament. They're 90. You know, guys that yeah. played in the late 40s are. are creeping up i mean now's the time to get something from these guys before those stories are gone yeah yeah so mm-hmm. it was yeah it was uh it was really gratifying and fun and and really the, the you know there's pressure and there's frustration at times but it was with um the writing process it wasn't with getting people on board uh people were really excited to be on board what was the window of when you started you guys started writing it to when was the deadline to complete we started. We th- we sent sample pages in the spring of twenty seventeen. Oh no way! Would that be right? Twenty seventeen. Wow. Three years. Yeah, because yeah, the overall window is about thirty months. So, yeah, we we had, they approved the sample pages somewhere around June or July of twenty seventeen, and we had to deliver it by April of two thousand nineteen. So yeah, it was and then that that took a little. Then we had some editing that took place after that. But yeah, it was it was about a thirty month process. <laughs> it was nuts. The, 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 I, I logged the dates of all the interviews, and, and in 2018, it was something like 130 interviews. And you know, I I get. I mean, everyone gets busy, but I, I you know, I, I have to put this thing down at tournament times. You know, to do that mm-hmm. work when it's crazy. So yeah, it was it was it was a lot. It was a lot of work, and it was 10, 12 interviews a week at times, and all those interviews ended up going an hour. You know, sometimes more. Uh, yeah, it was, and Lauren will tell you the same. I mean, it was it was just go go go. Well, at the time, th- th- those years you're talking about, Lauren was full time, fully employed at Sport Engine, right? Sports Engine, whatever. Yep. Uh, you're employed at the start. Yep. Do you squeeze all of this in between your day job? Yep. Is that what it, what yeah. it really amounts to? It was it was hustling. It was working two jobs. It was it was you know in the morning and whatever you do this, and then at night. I mean, I, there was many times where I would drive out to a football game location and I would sit in the parking lot and getting there at five o'clock and sit in the parking lot and do an interview till six and then go into the football game. You know, a lot of that, a lot of that kind of thing, just, just kind of doing it wherever you could fit it in. And, uh, 
But again, it was you, you forgot about the time once you were doing the interviews because everybody was so into it, you know, and, and so much of this, because of this tight timeline, so much of the interviews that we did, so many of the interviews we did had to be by phone. And a lot of times it was the first time we talked to these people. <laughs> but even so, they were very gracious with their stories. They, they trusted us. And again, that all speaks to the power of the tournament and how much mm -hmm. it meant to them then and how much it still means to them now. That's... Static. it's just cool yeah yeah it was it was yeah i looked back at the list of the interviews in you know because we put in the in the uh sources and the source material we put all the author interviews and it's like holy cow There's, and then, then it really hit home in these last couple of weeks when we've been going back to them to say hey it's out now and this is where you can order it and i'd sent 50 text messages one night and that's a quarter of the people i talked to <laughs> and i felt like i was going on all night long and yeah, that was a quarter of the work. So that's when it really sunk in. Yeah, we, we talked to a lot of people. That's not even Lauren's people. Exactly. That's 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 my yeah. That's my two hundred, and, and then his he's he's got yeah. his own two hundred. Yeah, that's uh, staggering. So, what's the one thing in this process? It could be whether it was a hockey team or a hockey story, or just the fact of writing a book, like you're talking to us about right now. What was the your biggest single greatest takeaway uh, from the book? I hear people ask a, a version of that question. They'll say, what is it? Is there an overarching theme or what did you, you know, what's, what's the same about it? You know, and, and because you look and it's crazy. I mean, the first, you know, there's no face masks on, on these guys at the beginning. Uh, and then, you know, the goalie equipment changes and, and, uh, you know, those guys weren't wearing shoulder pads early on. So, so you see those changes visually in the, in those 200 photographs, but, so what binds it, though, is, is the passion. The passion because whether you've played it at, at War Road or, or you played it in Edina or you played in Rochester or Roseau, you were coming with your group of guys and you were sacrificing to get there and you were going to play your rear end off. And that part has never changed from the beginning to the end. This is 75 meditations on teamwork and passion and, and uh, playing for something bigger than yourself. Danny, well, uh, you had to dive deep, uh, deep yeah. to find some of these stories. Yeah. What was the story that either eluded you or just was the hardest to just dig up? Because I mean, it's just it's hard for us to look for scores sometimes, right? It's even harder to find stories behind scores yeah. too. Yeah, we. I was very afraid. The first chapter. So five of these chapters in this book were designated as 3,000 words. Those were going to be our signature chapters. And we said 40, 1945, the first year of the tournament, that has to be one of those chapters. And I was given the responsibility to do it. And I was scared because, <laughs> you know, it, I, I wasn't worried so much about the research part. I knew the microfilm we talked about, those things existed. But what were you going to bring that wasn't you know, beyond that? What, what else were you going to have? And, the Pioneer Press had done interviews with guys that played. One of them played for White Bear Lake in 45, and the other played for uh, Granite Falls. And those articles ran, and I called the uh, re reporters and said, could I please have that number? You know, because I wanted to get those interviews done. And then the other thing I needed to figure out is, who is Gene Aldrich, the founder of the tournament? You know, he died in 1959. Hmm. I know Aldrich Arena is his namesake, but there's no plaque in there that says much about who he is. And who's going to tell me anything about him, you know? And Especially someone who died in 1959. Exactly. <laughs> well, Kyle Owen at Vintage Minnesota Hockey, our, our patron saint of the photograph, 
he had a thing on his uh, site that that talked about a guy named John Aldrich, his the Gene's son. I'm like, I hope this guy's still around. Could be, yeah. And uh, found him in the phone book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, What's that? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And you know what? All right, in full disclosure, I didn't find him in the phone book. You know the name Roger Godin uh-uh. from the Minnesota Wild? He's wrote, wrote a book called Before the Stars about the, the roots of, of pro hockey in, in the Twin Cities. And he, he still works. I think he's still in the Wild. He has affiliation with the Minnesota Wild. But I told him, I said, I couldn't find this guy in he says, oh, yeah, I found him in the phone book because I forgot to look <laughs> in the phone book. So I'll be honest, all right? Stick tap to Roger and, and just a good reminder to all of us in the Google era that the phone book still yeah. has power. Gosh. I wouldn't forgot to. Yeah. Wow. So uh, John Aldrich, I, he's in his mid-80s, and, and he is the only son of, of Gene Aldrich and only only child. And so I went to his apartment, and thankfully John is this type of person who – had put together some of his own stories about his father. And <sighs> one of them was he walked home from the the old uh, St. Paul Athletics Office was the uh, courthouse building in downtown St. Paul. They lived by Creton High School. It was Creton in those days. Now it's Creton-Durham Hall. And on the day of the armistice blizzard, Gene walked home because they couldn't take any kind of mode of transportation. So he walked home. This storm killed dozens of people, and he <laughs> walked home that night. It took him four hours, hitched a ride on a plow, plowed, got stuck. He kept walking. And it was like, that was such a good metaphor because the tournament as we know it, the one that just did 75 years was actually the, th- at least the third att- attempt at doing a state tournament. And they just, they either didn't even happen or they didn't come back. And Gene was the, his persistence made it happen and, and created the one that, that lists that, that lives on today. Did his um, son play hockey? No, no. <laughs> well, geez, did John play? Uh, I, I'm just serious. just curious nothing, yeah, on that, nothing right? Serious. I know Gene. I don't think his dad said. I don't think I saw. Or John said. I don't think he'd, he'd seen his dad on skates. John played a little bit. I think, as you say that, I think he played just you know at the pond or the, okay, you know, okay, rink or something. But certainly not like he you know went on to some startup <laughs> career or or you know high school varsity even. Yeah, just wasn't wasn't their deal at all. He just Gene just believed in in hockey the same way he believed in the other sports which was if you put a little pageantry behind it it could be a real nice thing for the kids and the crowd and and he was absolutely right so talk about after doing all this research where do you come now where's your is your stance change any on the one class or the two class high school tournament because now you've seen it you've rolled up your sleeves in it and and now and you've covered two class here for the last 10 years or so where do you stand on it well, two things on that. One, we dedicated a sidebar. We called it Tradition and Transition, and it was it was about kind of the, the, the key moments on the timeline from when the tournament went from single class to two-tier for two years. Can we Disaster just, that was. That out. <laughs> I'm that out of the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, He just said word. two-tier. Let's say that on the show. Yeah, yeah this is, uh, that was bad. Ill-conceived. Uh, but then two-class... So we wrote about it, and and people, you know, it was it was ugly. It was ugly, and and the conversations actually went back to the seventies about needing to do this because of the haves and have-nots that were already showing themselves at that time. And that brings me to my feeling on it today, which was, if you're going to be honest about the state of of hockey, and you need to have the two classes, you need to have carrots for Laverne and Marshall and Ely and. You know, we love seeing Edina and, and Lakeville, and we love seeing the Metro teams, but you have to have that carrot for everybody. 
and the two class is the best way to, to make that happen. And Lauren's gone as far to say he thinks we're entering a golden era in class single A, uh, where you have, you know, if you look at, for example, this year, you know, you talk about your first five uh, seeds, uh, or your five-seeded teams, rather, Warroad, Cathedral, Hermantown, Montemita, and Delno. That's nice. That's a nice <laughs> group of teams. And then you throw in Mankato East. Were you listening East. to us? Did you were eavesdropping <laughs> on our show just before? Here? Well, but, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's very true. And I think that people who, who care about the tournament and are honest with themselves, 1A is coming into a real nice place right now. You know, and, and, and we're all excited about it. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's really created its own solid place in, in the whole history of this thing. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I, and for me, who uh, my business revolves around youth hockey and the strength of youth hockey, it, it gives kids from Marshall, Minnesota, like you said, a carrot, yeah. some, a seed, something. This is planting a seed for a kid from Marshall, Minnesota, whereas umpteen years ago with a one-class system, Marshall was a first-round exit every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's, it's, yeah, this is better. We see it even this week. Mason Plant committed to Alaska Fairbanks. Okay. Marshall kid. Yeah. Right? It's the perfect illustration. Marshall is not a hockey powerhouse by any stretch. 3A is not a powerhouse. I think that's just like second commit in like how many years, right? It's, Maybe I think third. it's fantastic. But 3A has yeah. a lot of kids. Smedzard's playing Division Division One. Jackson Nelson's Nelson playing Division One. Yeah, I mean it's becoming. This is a, this is becoming a fertile ground for the growth of hockey in a state that you can't even no. you can't believe it's still growing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You wrote a book about the tourney, mm-hmm. right? Yes. What do you do for the tourney? I always do a pre-dinner thing on Thursday, have a ton of people over and everything. That's type of my tradition. Carl comes over and we just, you know, and then we hit cassettas and all that type of stuff, right? Um, what's your tourney traditions? Uh, I get park the car about 9 a.m. and I go in and I drop my stuff and then I tend to go back out and now Dunn Brothers isn't there anymore. No. So I got to figure out a new place to go get a cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> but I just, I like to get out and just at least be out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other thing I need to do, and this is more the case on Thursday, is make a, a couple laps around the lower uh, concourse because Within mm-hmm. five minutes, you'll run into five people. You know? Oh, that's uh, go to the two hundred level though. <laughs> don't well, do that. that's, that's <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> recommend yeah, that. Not, not, not doing that. No, we'll stay, we'll stay down below where we belong. But I mean, I, one year I, I saw five people in five minutes from very different walks of life in terms of like, oh, that was the woman that works at the place where my I get my hair cut. You know, yeah. And, but you see how. The, just the people they're not even necessarily huge sports fans but there they are you know they're, they're at this event and i i like to do that and see who i run into for sure okay and i don't get i don't get any dinner opportunities or whatever else <laughs> we're just banging away then for the rest of the night and you know we're all out of there about midnight you know that's <laughs> and that's that's wednesday through saturday yeah I'm, yeah. I'm jealous. I, I would like to go out. I'd like. To, I would have loved to have, have gone out to to one of the bars because there's people that either didn't try or, or couldn't or didn't maybe even want to go into the tournament that that meet at these different places with the games on. They get some beers and they got 
guys from their old team or i'd love to go there's you talk about stories that would be pretty oh, yeah. fertile ground too yeah, yeah. that is, that is one of the cooler parts of the tournament is just you know seeing everybody and meeting old friends yes and it's really that is exciting yep. uh, i know that's something i look forward to it, it that's why i like it when my high school makes it to the tournament it's not just you know my high school's there it can win it's i get to see my classmates again and, and it's a re- reunion Carl, Carl just vomited on the other line. By yeah, the way. you should only heard. <laughs> uh, but Carl, you're right. It's a, it's a gathering. Yes. It, it absolutely is. Carl, do you want to chime in with another question? I got a couple more for Dave here down here in the cities. Hmm. Well, I just say, so which, which article was like the most fun one to write out of all the all those 75? Which one was like the most fascinating, unique, interesting one that you came across? Uh, the, the most fascinating one to me was 2012 and Jack Jablonski. And it wasn't because it was because we, we, we looked at the power struggle behind the scenes that was happening. You know, everyone said, why wasn't Jack on the ice at the end of it? Well, we get into why, and it's unfortunate, you know, that he was, he was kept out of there. And, uh, you know, they, they can talk about, insurance liability issues and, and safety and, and okay, you know, I understand maybe they do have to answer to that, but the reality is, is they, they weren't going to let him overshadow the tournament. You know, I got, I talked to Craig Perry about it and his quote in the book, we knew as a league that Jack and his story were going to be part of this tournament. However, I told Ken and that's the Ken Pauly, the Benilde St. Margaret coach. I told Ken, we get that there's something different with Jack. But this is about all 16 teams making it a lifetime memory for them as well. And I understand his point, but, you know, to me, uh, Carl, this is such a wonderful thing. When I had asked you for the 1997 uh, DVD, I wanted to see the way the Adina goalie came out and said tradition as he stared at the camera. But if you watch that to the end, after the championship game, the trophy presentation, that whole thing, here comes a kid by him, a Ben Payton, who was injured in a junior gold game and was in I'm a wheelchair. Cry right now. Oh, my God. They, I, know. I coached Ben Payton. They brought him out in his wheelchair to celebrate with his boys. I remember, yeah. I remember that. So what changed from 1990? You know Nothing. what I mean? And so, so that's, that's the missed opportunity, I think. And anybody that wants to, to say the league missed something there, I, they have a strong case to make because we'd seen it in 1997. And it was a wonderful thing then, and it could have been a wonderful thing in 2012. Yeah. Oh, I've forgotten all about that. I've forgotten all about that. Yes, that was so cool. There's another, you just illustrated another good vehicle of a book like this. Yes, we, we feel proud of the stories we told, but to me, that's the tree trunk and all the branches that come off of yeah. it are everyone's individual memories Story. and, and stories. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I wish I could hear them all. That's why I look forward to meeting people at the book signings and things to see what else they can tell us. And I keep a notebook because that might turn into something we put on the legacy.hockey website, which is where we put all of the, the outtakes that didn't fit in the book. Just a perfect segue. It's like we scripted it almost. <laughs> that was my question. Hang on. That was my question was, it, there, what you talked about, I listened to your Chorsky interview. You talked about, you know, you couldn't you did edit out so much stuff because yeah. there was just only so much fit. You're going to put yeah. some stuff on the legacy yeah. website. What's the one thing that didn't make the book that, you know, maybe now that it's printed and it's done, maybe you wish you got in there? Or just kind of one of those little snippets. Yeah. Because hmm. we've done some of the legacy stuff. That kind of went on the back burner now. But I, I, I would have liked to have done, in, in 1981, uh, Bloomington Jefferson – 
That was their second tournament. They'd been there in 80, and now they're back in 81 and ultimately won it. They had a fan group that called themselves the Jefferson Militia, and they had scarves, and they painted their faces. And, and the, the reason was, I think, I haven't looked at my notes on this in a while, but as I, I think I'm telling this right, they got kicked out of a game, and so the way they got themselves back in was to basically disguise their appearances. <laughs> and, uh, and and it became like this, they, they were the Jefferson Militia, and they were in the newspapers back then. And, and I, I've got, I talked to one of the Militia members, and, and I've got that'll be something that we get on the website soon. I wish, I wish it would have made the book only from the standpoint of it would have been nice to get more fan voice right. than we did. Um, yeah. and, that was, and that was probably golden example of number one of fan voice that, that unfortunately didn't make the book. What's your tourney story? Dave, uh, what did the tourney mean to you? Like, what was your tournament that made the tournament the tournament for you? You know, like when you were Everybody's growing up, it, yeah. yeah, everybody yeah. has the thing that made the tournament like the place to go to. Probably 1993, I would have been a junior in high school, and my dad doesn't do well in places – He's claustrophobic, and he just does. And, he, and even though an arena is a very large place, being around crowds and in that's that's not his deal, you know. He's just now starting to go to movies for crying out loud. <laughs> so he, uh, we went to see uh, uh, Jefferson play Moorhead. Uh, I think that was '93. Was, uh, was that the final? There was a lot of them. No, Jefferson. That was '94. Uh, that's uh, where Cammy scored the so maybe, game okay. So maybe it was my senior year then. Um, it was one of those two years we saw one of the great Jefferson teams and. And we just talked about the clinic they were putting on, and my dad had coached me growing up. He, you know, taught me how to skate at, over at Oscar Johnson, and he we're just talking about it and this and that, and and it was occurred to me years later, like, wow, that was extra special, given that that's not his thing to to want to go do that. So I always hold on to that as as a pretty special memory. Mm. That's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. All right, so you, you we can't go. You know, there was they were obviously uh, donned the. Uh, center of hockey uniform universe, <laughs> universe. Re- universe re- uh, recently. Um, how many hours did you spend on Edina or just with Willard Eichela, for example? I mean, yeah. you can only imagine w- winning so many state titles early in the tournament with with Eveleth and then and then coaching. You must spend days with Willard Eichela. Yeah, Lauren. So we broke it up. I had the the Eveleth years which included Willard he was part of three of those championship teams and then Lauren did all of the uh, Edina Willard championships so he had eight you know so yeah he put in more time with Willard but combined yeah I'd probably good 10 hours if you think about the interviews themselves the callbacks um yeah, probably good. Did you go to his hours. house? Where did you? Where do you meet? Like, where does someone meet Willard Eichel? Fiftieth yeah. in France, Tony. Right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it was a combination. Lauren met Willard at the Edina Library at least once, and and then we each met Willard at the Perkins in Edina a couple times. This book probably should like be sponsored by Perkins. We did a lot of <laughs> interviews at Perkins. You know, that 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 older crowd, that's their go to. You know, I'm more of a Keys man myself. But they they kept yeah. saying Perkins, so that's where we would meet them. So yeah. What is an interview? I mean, Doug I- Wu got syrup on my on one of my notebooks See? actually. <laughs> that wasn't a Perkins. That was that's the Cahill Diner. That was a Cahill Diner. But oh. rest rest in peace, Wooger. But yeah, you got a little syrup on one of my notebooks. <laughs> So, so walk through it. What is what is that? I mean, I do interviews myself. 
What does the interview look like for the readers of the book to get out? Because just like when you said four hundred interviews, literally my jaw dropped. I was like, "Oh yeah. my gosh, that is so much time and so yeah. much energy yeah. transcribing the interviews, mm-hmm. going back to the interviews." Talk about what that 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 setting is at the Perkins. You sit down with Joe Smith, who played at Edina High School, and you're gonna, you know you're going to get a story out of them or stories out of them. What's really interesting is that we ran into the same challenge on both ends of the age spectrum whether you played in the 40s or whether you played in the last three years and that was the game details start getting very fuzzy and and you know some guys are great at it you know lauren talked to bob harris up at rozo great at that that kind of thing but johnny pole great at that kind of thing but but a lot of guys aren't and so the the fallback then was always well tell me about the guys everyone remembers their teammates and so and that was where most of the good stuff came from. If you really needed to drill on a particular goal or a moment, you, you know, you could do that and, and, and you could tell them what was reported in the newspaper and they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah. But most of the time it was, well, tell me about, tell me about your teammates and, and how this team, well, the, the journey of this team. And, and not every chapter is written in that manner. I mean, some chapters go right to games. Like 1996 was all about that semifinal and yeah. inside and all of that. But a lot of times it was you're just better off asking about their teammates and then just watch them go, you know, because they all there's always something they remember and and uh, when they when they get a little when they shift in their seat or they get a little you know something good's coming because they're a little nervous to tell it <laughs> and that's and that's the stuff we wanted, you know, we, that we weren't looking for dirt on everyone's nails, but we wanted to, you know, we wanted things like you know, I remember one of the things I heard that I knew was going in the book the second I heard it, it was back in '76 uh, uh, Grand Rapids. Um, Aaron Roth was a, a pretty high-scoring forward for those two teams, and he talked about how they were the first uh, they were the first team to to go back to back since Greenway, and of course Greenway is just you know down the road, and and so a rivalry had built. And when Greenway was getting really good, uh, they were pounding on Grand Rapids, and and <laughs> Roth said his father Gene, you know, because then of course these communities are very ethnic too. He says. Uh, called Greenway home to the, or the Coleraine rather, home to the itches, the bitches, and a son of a bitches. And like the <laughs> second I heard that, I was like, yep, that's going in the book. So yeah, it's like just little pieces, colorful things, you know, the, the, a little slice of their life and times. That's what we wanted more than, okay, did you score in the forehand or the backhand, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of the, I've caddied for a number of years, you know that, Tony. What I Still to this day, like if it's a club championship and somebody asks me how my guy's doing and we're on like the 12th hole, I have no idea, no idea <laughs> yeah. what the score is. I just know what the last like shot was and how you know like where our momentum is going. I have no idea you, how you're far. So under. focused on what the, what's actually happening. Yeah, my mind is in some other place because everybody's like, "Are you up or down?" What are, and it's like, I'm walking. It's yeah. <laughs> weird. That's the other reason we did not push to get as much video as we could because we didn't want to fall into the trap of writing glorified game stories. You know, we yeah, did, we right. didn't want to do that. And and it probably also would have probably we probably still be waiting on video from most people. We heard we heard a lot of oh you know that's in a box somewhere. But as I recall, you know, <laughs> I'd like to get into all those boxes. You know, for the next edition of this. So I obviously just finished a, a picture book, same thing, and I had a few aha moments that happened during that journey. What was your aha moment, whether it be a, a, a moment in time or, a, or an interview or, you know, like you just had with me there with Ben Pate, and I was like, wow, that's a big moment. Yeah, I think the 80s chapters had a lot of that because I didn't have a lot of uh, information uh, handy. And I, I know one of the it's, – it's, it's one of the sidebars, actually – 
Uh, but my colleague at Star Tribune, uh, this was back in 2003, wrote a wonderful 20-year retrospective on that Columbia Heights team that, that Reg- came out Miracle. of nowhere. Yep. Yeah, Reggie Merrill. Exactly. I played against those guys growing up. They were so great. watching them beat – people say, could you believe they beat – I'm like, well, yeah, they beat them in peewees and bantams, yeah. so why wouldn't they have beat them in yeah. high school? Yeah, they, I wasn't they, surprised they, at all. Yeah, they had credentials, you know, and – and so Mike wrote a wonderful retrospective, but he didn't get anything from Reggie. I, he couldn't find him or whatever. So I said, "All right, we got to get Reggie." And so I and I think um, I think in that article, or I'd read it somewhere, that Reggie's dad is a professor at the U. Found the information on that, called him. He got me in touch with Reggie, and Reggie talked about uh, you know <clears throat> the the, the uh, interactions he had with Herb Brooks, and and uh, he uh, he said that uh, he. Uh, Reggie had played, uh, it was a goalie camp with Warren Stralo, which is yep. one of Brooks's yep. right-hand men. And then Channel 5, back in the day, used to televise the Bantam State Championship. Yes. Yeah. So. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Bob Utech would call the game. Okay. <laughs> you don't even know who that is, do you? The original youth hockey hub. Yeah, yes, there. he was the original youth hockey <laughs> So, so he, uh, Reggie tells the story. Warren turned on the game, sees me, and calls Herb and says, this is one of my students. Later, Herb sent me an autographed picture of the 1980 Olympic team with a letter that said, congratulations, you are the future of American hockey. So, like, I had no idea. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, that's a great little story, you know, and, and so that was just, and like I said, that's not even a chapter. That was a little sidebar on Reggie Miracle and the 83 Heights. Yeah, they were, it was awesome. Okay. The book is called Turning Time. Where can we find it? Where can we get it? So, yes, you can go through Amazon. You can, you can go through Barnes & Noble. We've done a signing there already. Um, but we're steering people toward our website. Lauren created it, legacy.hockey, and that's all you need to put in your browser. No W's, no dot coms, just legacy.hockey. And, and the advantage or the what you get up from that that you're not going to get necessarily from those other places is we will sign them and we'll personalize them however you need it, however you want it done, and then we'll ship them for free. So that's where we're steering people. And then if you're coming down to the tournament, we will have a presence at our booth uh, all throughout all four, five, yeah, four days of the tournament. It's on the concourse. Seems like five, though, doesn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it, <does. laughs> it seems like 30. Yeah. Let's go on. It's, uh, it's the River Center concourse along Kellogg, and it, it's between if there's a, By the a little, restaurant little cafe down there, down yep. there yep. and then there's the escalators that take you down to the expo. Yep. We'll be up between there. Now, Lauren and I are still covering the tournament for the Star Tribune for MN Hockey Hub, but we will make appearances when we can to, to say hello and, and hopefully shake some hands and, and hear some stories. Okay. Well, awesome. yeah. Thanks, Dave. Um, again, check out the book. It is something special. And um, we'll see you next week at the tournament. Guys, we appreciate Lauren couldn't be here, but he appreciates this every bit as much as I do. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, let's Dave. talk about class 2A now. Okay. Thank you, Danny from Danny. Again, I love transitioning to myself, Tony. You do a wonderful job of We've it. We've been great today at this. <laughs> I talk to myself all the time. I make one mistake and it's like 12 <laughs> mentions of it. Do I need to go back to your cemetery line from the broadcast of the... No. No. You don't? Okay. No. The, 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 the guy. Okay. Carl, as you know this, you've heard me do colors. Sometimes there's just smoke in the cockpit, okay? And you can't control yep. it. This was Ground a fire. This was a fire. It wasn't cockpit. white smoke. It was black smoke. It was going down, okay? And there was no way. Anyways, okay, class 2A, let's get started. Thursday morning at 11 o'clock, Maple Grove, the unseated team, will play Blake 
Any chance of Kyle Kukunen? Any chance? No, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> no, I, I like that question, though. Yes. That's not going to happen. No. Okay. Would, will he be on the roster? I would bet he's one of the 20 on the roster, though. Yeah, I, I would think Hopefully so. he's not. like He might even be like one of the team managers. So in case they win a medal, he'll get a medal is he, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. The State it, High School League, by the way, as far as bashing, let's just bash him now. They're <laughs> so cheap when it comes to these medals. Like, like they have like two for the coaches when there's like a coaching staff of four. Like two coaches don't get a medal. Certain amount of players get the medal. It's like how much does the medal really cost? Yeah, I'm sure those are making and breaking the State High School League. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point. So Quiz Bowl and Carl might be able to, attest to this you get like a medal if you finish in eighth place you get like a huge yeah. trophy it was really weird it was so like it, it was slowly escalating trophies yeah oh it, but tony here's where it was great you know how like saint thomas wears those military uniforms yeah. and you can put medals on yeah well so i asked colonel DePolio, the commandant of cadets i said colonel can i put on any of my quiz ball medals and he's like yeah if you order these ribbons to put on with the medals go for it so i ordered three ribbons picked out my biggest medals that i had <laughs> <laughs> Put him on there. <laughs> Sergeant Major Miles so McDonald. look like some African dictator or something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my Sergeant Major, one of the military instructors, is like, Ryan, you look like a Christmas tree, just a jingling and a jangling. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. So, anyways, um, talking about medals. Maple Grove, unseeded, winners of Section 5AA. They were the number two seed. Finally beat Blaine in the section final pretty handily, yep. it looked like. Um, and that was their first. Although Jack Winnick had 45 saves in the game. Winnicky is a great goaltender. I, I think we can start there. Winnicky is uh, really, really special, and he's going to need to have a good tournament if this team's going to go for it. Yes, Maple Grove is still rotating goalies. It's been 1-1-1-1 one, 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 one every game. I mean, really? Winnicky every other game. Yep. Who was the other goalie? Parker Slotsby. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Good for him. But still, I, I've i liked Winnicky when I've seen Winnicky this year. And maybe in the couple of games that I've seen Maple Grove, Winnicky's been the one that's playing. Yeah, when they made their run in Bantam, Parker was the guy who was gobbling up all the minutes. Okay. So it's not a surprise that this kid, like, who? Yeah, who? I knew who it was. I, you know, yeah. I just didn't realize he was getting that many minutes. Which is kind of cool that they're doing that. But it tends to get tougher when um, you're only playing three games left type right. of thing. So there's going to be one kid that decides that. Other than that, you look at a couple other key players that they have. Henry Nelson is definitely a standout on D for sure. Just one of many. I mean, their blue line is good. Cal Thomas is strong. Ethan Elias is good. I mean, this is this is one of their you know calling cards, if you ask me. One of the questions, though, for them is can they score? Well, they did the other night. And, they got goals from Josh Giuliani, who's a sophomore. Which you know? they need goals in you know, very gonna be, like a cemetery. Oakland, Jacobs, <laughs> Kernan. Those would be the guys who are gonna who are gonna fill in for for the guys in the I tweet. Yes. But you know, they've gotten other scoring, which is fantastic. Scanson sorry, Scanson had a big goal against OT winner against Blake, so they're getting sophomore scoring, and this isn't you know some scrubs that are coming up. This is these are bantam double A state champion kids from last year. Uh, Carl, what's your take on the crimson this year? Yeah, I think the big question all season long has been where's the scoring coming from, especially after Cooken and went down. But you know what really kind of turned the season around was 
back game against Blake that they had in the final week of the season. Yes. They finally woke up, scored some goals, pulled out a win, and since then they've been scoring. And now they get Blake again in the first round. You know what's kind of cool is the two surprise scores at the end of the regular season, um, Maple Grove Blake and Moorhead mm-hmm. Hill Murray, we get to see yeah. again within 10 <laughs> days of each other. And so that's kind of exciting. The games that I was mad that I missed, I get I to re-see. Yeah. Yeah, they thought of you. The hockey gods thought of you. And, you know, I've told you this before, Tony. Toro has a floating holiday on Friday. God. <laughs> Toro thinks of me, too. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, anyways, um, on the flip side, the number two seed, Blaine. Let's talk about how they got there, okay? Number Blaine? Blake. Yeah, let's talk about Blake, though. <laughs> I'm like, you lost me there. Okay. I did. Let's talk about Blake. How did okay. they get there, okay? They had a great, great section. Okay. Yeah. That section final might be up there in one of the better section finals that I've ever, ever seen. That finish was nothing anyone has ever seen. So, if you don't know. Everybody knows. I mean, there's no listener of this show who doesn't know. But get to it. (laughs) Tell us anyway. There was a penalty (laughs) shot. That was granted to uh, Blake's Gavin Bess uh-huh. off of, I would call it a clear takedown, mm-hmm. and I don't, I forget who the Benil player, Callahan. Yeah, Cal, uh, Callahan clearly just tackling him, and people are saying it would have looked different with a stick. No, it wouldn't have. It would have been a stick with a tackle. <laughs> like he would have tackled him regardless. That's let's not even talk about will look different with a stick. Let's talk about the reality of a. Let, let's talk. Let's put both sides of this. Okay. Can what ref in their right mind would ever call a penalty shot in a section final in overtime? That the, takes balls. <laughs> I mean, hats off to that guy. Okay. Really, hats off to that guy. So I didn't see it live. I'm I listening did. to you guys on on the radio. Sure. I'm away home from dinner, and I'm like, what? just happened unbelievable you know yeah. talk about fomo this is the fomo of all fomos fomo <laughs> hall of fame right <laughs> so of course i gotta get footage of this i gotta get footage of this footage of course you know hour later the footage comes out and i'm trying to look at this objectively as i can yeah but what you guys didn't say on the broadcast was oh yeah by the way callahan lost his stick and out of desperation Shoestring tackles him down to the ice as well, he's going as he's going in. Okay, so on our own part, okay, I'm one not that great of a color guy. Okay, you're great. You're fantastic. Two, <laughs> two. You two fine, I was in shock. <laughs> yes, you were. It was fine. I was too. <laughs> Thought Zach was going to have a heart attack. Yes, <laughs> like yes. you had the paddles out, right? This is Zach's job, not yours. <laughs> yeah, this was just. I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like it was like. What just happened? Okay, so anyways, go on. But the, he lost his stick. The only way, you know, again, everyone's like, well, why didn't he tackle him? He could have just disrupted him. Like, this is the heat of the moment, right? You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And he tackled him, and it was a tackle, and it is a penalty shot. Yep. And it, you, he was in a scoring motion. Oh, my gosh. He was <laughs> wide open, and it was a great <laughs> defensive play and yes it was a penalty and, and it's gavin best this isn't yeah. some like fourth liner scrub no. that's out there no, this so, is no, this wasn't like the Herbentown penalty shot where they had the third line out there against breck in the 
over time in what the, the semis a couple of years back. Yep. Right. Yep. So the couple <laughs> couple things. So let's take a poll. Do you think it was the right call, Danny? Yes. Carl, do you think it was the right call? Yes. I mean, I saw this from about 10 different angles, <laughs> all the videos that were shot of it. Yeah. I thought it was the right call, too. Now yeah. I know I'm going to be vilified by every Benilde parent, fan, coach, whatever. It was the right I, call. I just think it was the right call. And and what I keep going back to is if it were the – it was in reverse, you know, if it were in reverse and this happened for Benilde and Blake just got a penalty shot called on him, would the – would you know what I mean? I think it would be the – same thing. It'd be the same thing. I'm like, I, I just think it was a penalty shot. It really talked, was. I talked to my good friend, Tony Lancet, uh, who's our director of officiating for all the stuff that Youth Hockey Hub does, and he's a, done many state finals, many considered he's the best referees injured right now. I got injured, actually, in the Blake Benilde first game. Okay. And Tony's, I said, did you see it? And then I go, yeah. I go, who's the ref? And he told me the guy's refs. And I go, does he ever ref for us? He goes, no, he doesn't work summers because he's baseball or whatever. And I go, did you see it? What was it? And he goes, oh, for sure. I go, would you call it a penalty shot? He goes, not even would have thought twice about it. For sure no. I would have. No, I, it, the, it still takes balls. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Still takes a ton of it. Yep, I agree. Okay, so then the penalty shot happens, okay? Yep. It, and first off, hats off to Gavin Bess. Yep. That was amazing that was a and it was so cool so like for about 30 seconds he's talking one-on-one with rob mcclanahan and rob is telling him exactly what to do right and that like just think about that you yeah, know, like, I know it's like mcclanahan is telling you how to win a game to go to state yeah like how can you dream this up as a kid like i don't get this it's an interesting move i'm a I did a lot of shootouts when I was a kid. That little that was my favorite oh. thing to do is just go one on over the goalie and there's a lot there's like four different really patented moves and obviously five holes one. But the way he did five hole on that one was really, really, really creative. And I hate to say that, but it was a super creative move and and he made it work. Yeah. Yeah. And and he he did he did it. Yeah. And so then what happened next was even cooler, I thought, than the the penalty shot itself right. is when Axel Reed went straight to Carson Limesand. Yep. And that was special. Yeah, uh, I know this for a fact that uh, before the overtime happened, Carson skated uh, along the benches because, you know, the goalies line up and the teams are lined up the benches. They're going to go switch sides. Carson skated by Axel kind of gave a nod and little knuckles like hey we're uh, we're in a section final ot may the best man win good luck bro because one of us is going down in flames here at some point <laughs> yeah one of us is gonna die it was yeah. like russian roulette <laughs> yeah. tournament right one of us is gonna die and it's gonna be blamed on us and it was kind of like that and then so axel repaid the favor and it was pretty cool that was that was really cool. That I don't want to talk this up too much because I'm going to do a story on it. So can we just kind of move on? Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think that kid deserves the Herb Brooks Award right so now. So <laughs> Okay. I feel like I'm in the press conference from the state tournament last year, and I talked about Kevin Delaney playing B, and all of a sudden it's on ESPN two weeks later for everything. You know what I mean? Like, got to keep it down, keep it down. Another F bomb out of Tony this week. Uh, two of them. Two of them. Thank All you, right. Tony. All right, keep oh, going. Bye. Okay, so 
Anyway, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of swearing lately. It's just I know. weird. It's it's a new Tony. It's a new Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, I thought that was just an amazing section. Here's what uh, the other thing: Joey Miller had one of the best games I've ever seen him play. That Blake team played outstanding. Their block shots had to have been like 50 or something like that because Benilde only had like less than 20 shots in the game. I know. And, and that was like Benilde with less than 20 shots into overtime. Like it was just, that was crazy. They, their whole team gameplay, their scheme was just perfect and really hats off to that team. And they they won the game. They too. ate pucks, that's for sure. And, and really, from the top down on their team, they had a really good game. And same with Benilt. Yep. Um, okay, that's that game. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but players and stuff to watch out for for Blake, if you have not seen Will Svendahl, he's a big defenseman. You'll notice him immediately out there. And um, Joey Miller is just going to do something special, I think. I don't know where I got the text from on this whole thing, but we talked earlier about uh, uh, last week on the show about Will Svendahl's connection to the Alm family and yeah. and his grandpa's Rick Alm. And uh, apparently Rick Alm was in tears when, when Blake won. So Aww, I don't know who I got that text from, but it was pretty cool. Okay, so that is the 11 o'clock game at the one thirty game, 1 o'clock game. Um, Lakeville South, the unseeded, will play Eden Prairie, the number three seed. Um, Lakeville South had a pretty close scare with close. <laughs> oh. Wow. So close to having the Raiders in the tournament. I uh, oh, Pilar, that- who covers our Rochester stuff for me, calls me after the game and Kind of gives me a rundown of what happened in the game. And basically, let's just say uh, the officials gift-wrapped at this thing for Lakeville South. I mean, power plays and penalties. And and, and granted, the goaltender for, for Hastings made 47 saves, 50 yeah. shots. Uh, McCarville, what a game. What a, what a warrior this kid was. What a, yep. you know, too bad. I mean, just by the skin of their teeth, they couldn't uh, eke out a, a W and come back to stay. That's too bad. But Lakeville South with the win, I mean, this was, we expected to see Lakeville South here, or at least. Carl did for sure. Carl did for sure. All of us did. (laughs) And and sure enough, here they are. All of us did. I I agree. Amazing. (laughs) You are amazing, Carl. Thank you. Um, So this was really, you know, you look at this team, and it really didn't change that much from last year except for their goaltender. No. And no, so, it has not much changed much. Uh, a year older. They're all sophomore class here. Now they're all juniors. So uh, keep that in mind with this team. The amount of talent that's coming. Their Bantams are in the final four right now. The, the talent coming through Lakeville South over the next three years is going to be very, very good. And how many overtimes did this go to the last year? Two? Three. Three. We our dinner plan. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, like, this is a team that knows what to expect out of Eden Prairie, or at least is familiar with them. They didn't play this regular season, which is a normal um, opponent for them in the regular season, I looked up. So, that is something of note. Eden Prairie coming from Section 2 AA. Um, they are the three seed. And... you. They kind of got lucky getting out of their section final and their section in general, I would say. They had slow starts in every one of their games. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and they were slow against Tonka. They were slow against Shakopee. And they were slow against Chaska. 
So let's go over, speaking of officiating, let's yeah. go over the, the disallowed goal, goal thing. Okay, uh, so I, I'm I just, not... We, I, I want to talk about it a little bit just because it was, it was so interesting. So... Uh, Do you know about this, Carl? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I was listening. Okay, so... Yeah. Oh, you were listening to me? Oh, gosh. I'm a pretty big deal. I'm a pretty big deal if you didn't really know. Danny Ryan's live in my living room. Oh, God. Um, So what happened was is it was clear it hit the back bar, bounced out, okay? I was standing on that. Was it clear, Danny? Was it? I'm just kidding. Yes, yes, it was. Um, So I was standing uh, as far as you can stand up on Mariucci looking down on that side. So I could see it hit the back bar just because of that. The Eden Prairie band, which was in that corner, started playing immediately because they saw it go in. And it was like it hit the post. There wasn't even like a no call on the ice. It was just they thought it hit the post. And uh, so in this game, there was four refs out there. Okay, for both six and two, there was four refs. And so they... There were actually two linesmen and two referees, but... Who's counting? Okay, this has been a great show today. <laughs> Tony and Carl will take Moving it from on. here. All right. Um, and, uh, and so they just let game play, you know, as continue, which is the right call. You don't yep. stop it unless there is a reason to stop play. Yep. And so it was probably a minute or so that went by. It was a lot of time. Yeah, and I mean like a minute. This was actually a minute of like ice forever. Time. Yep, and then they um, – then Lee talked to the refs. In that time, the goal judge had walked over across the student section and everything and went into the penalty box. and Joined join the referees and, and, and linesmen. And they determined it was a goal from the goal judge. Now, the goal judge never flipped on his light Correct. either, which I think is where the Chaska people started to get upset because if the goal judge turns on a light, but then, it, you know, no whistle, yeah. it just, you know, but he never turned on a light. How many of these goal judges actually are goal judges like full time, you know, type of thing? Zero? No. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. But it's. That's the hardest goal judge one to call when it hits back bar. You can't yeah. see it. No, you can't see it. And I don't blame the guy for not turning up. I can't. I can't, I'm going to flip the light on if I can't see it in the net. Yeah, exactly. And you want to probably not flip the light as opposed to flipping the light. I'm just thinking just because. Better well, safe than sorry. Exactly. Right? You can always correct it on the back end. Yep. And the, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Once the first ref whistle happened, the linesmen got together and, and and everything, and they they knew that there was something there. They didn't act like they had you know not missed anything, and that's where I thought uh, that was a good call on their side. Yep. Okay, so that goal happens, and then Eden Prairie kind of settles back in. Three minutes left in the game, Snuggy or so maybe it was even more than that. I want to say Snuggy pulls his goaltender. Five minutes left. Five minutes yeah. left. Okay, five minutes left. He pulls his goaltender. They're down three nothing because it's five minutes. It makes sense. That that's kind of game aggressive gameplay, right? Yeah, I believe you guys were mocking him too. By the way, no. Here's where we mocked him. Okay, (laughs) because they scored, and it was okay. You score, and then at the three minute mark, they drew. um, They drew a penalty. Right. So now they go on the power play. And that's where he did not pull the goaltender with three minutes left. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of that. If you're going to set up anyway, what do you need another guy out there for? For them to they can ice it without 
they can put it in the net without risk. So uh, my stance on this was Chaska, one, didn't score on a five-on-three, uh, you know, already in the game. Yep. Okay. They needed the advantage of six guys as opposed to five because five was not working for them at any time. I'm telling you, running a power play with an extra guy out there is a it's a quagmire sometimes. They it get can in the be. Way. It can be, but we just saw it work. That's that's where I I step back and I okay. say that. All right, fine. Uh, you know, and, and so, but then he ended up pulling him with mm-hmm. like close to two minutes yep. left, and they score again. Yep, they had a shot to win this game. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you haven't seen tie this game, tie this game, and yep. tie maybe eventually win. Yep. Sorry, yep. if you haven't seen Jimmy Snuggeroo play yet. He had over 20 goals his freshman year. Oh, my God. Is yeah. he, he's going to be good. He's going to be really, really well, good. If you haven't seen him, you probably won't because there's a very good chance he'll be going to the national development team next year. He is special. Well, I, I, I guarantee he's been invited to try out with them in a few weeks. Easily. And I'd say how well he did for the national team in the World Olymp- Junior Olympics. <laughs> He's going to make the team. It's a choice whether you want to play for his dad for the next three years or play for the national team for the next two years. So. That'll and be an the- awkward conversation. No, actually, to be honest with you, if, if you know anything about it, Dave's the, Dave's the green light. He's yeah. saying go for sure. He definitely wants him to do whatever he wants to become better as a hockey player or a young man. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with no. that. Nope. Um, okay. So, Chad, uh, Eden Prairie, that's, uh, they have top two lines or some probably the best in the tournament. They have the best two-line punch, arguably scoring punch, I would say. Yep. Um, they have two of the best defensemen in the Class A field, the 2A field. Yeah. So that's a little bit background on them. We'll get to predictions in a little bit. Moving on. The night game, the 6 o'clock game. St. Thomas Academy is the unseeded team. They will play the number one seed Andover. St. Thomas Academy beat Rosemount Mm -hmm. in the semifinals. Beat Eastview. Yep. And beat Burnsville. Yeah, I, I think they're playing. I think they're playing great. Um, I I love it. This is this is how the antagonism I, I've I've stored up against St. Thomas Academy. Even the St. Thomas Academy students think that I don't like them. I don't know where this comes from. It's hilarious. But three kids from St. Thomas come up after me and goes, "Hey, you lucky up! You didn't pick us." I'm like, "You obviously don't listen to the show." And he goes, did you pick us? I'm like, yeah, I picked you from the beginning. He goes, oh, awesome. Don't pick us for the tournament then. Or don't pick us for the tournament then. I'm like, I'm like, gosh, I don't know what it is. I think Danny goes over and, like, rustles the troops up. See that guy over there? He hates oh, you guys. He's got black hair, glasses, and he's wearing a Cookie Monster coat, and he does not like you. Guys. That's what he probably does. <laughs> no, I picked him. Um, I will say this. Uh, their system they're playing, they're all bought in. Yeah. This, this team can beat Andover, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Here's the thing about St. Thomas is they have some really, really good wins and ties and some really, really questionable losses. I don't see – it's how. what have you done for me lately? And they've done just fine. They have a great goalie. Yeah, Great goalie and one of the most exciting um, forwards in this field. 
Is there a more exciting player to watch than Jackson Helm? I mean, seriously, that is fun to watch. Dude, that, that little Probably jersey not. just no. He flutters. He has a a move where he starts going up, circles around, circles around, and then sees his. He has like an Aaron Ness slow down quality about him. And then dr- people draw in, have to release, draw in, and during that process, he's gauging of where they are in the zone. Yeah, and then goes kind of around them, and it's really fun to watch. Still staggering that he does not have a Division One scholarship. It's like, or he has com- not committed yet. Like, well, I yeah, I think he's he's waiting for the right girl to ask him to the dance. Okay. You know, type I think of he's fantastic, um, and he plays. He's a perfect piece to their puzzle because they play a very defensive style, and now you have a weapon like him that can get loose. And and Jared Wright, too. I mean, Jared's yeah, so Jared. fast and oh, so yeah. talented. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they have a few little forwards out there. Nagel. Nagel is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Graham is good. They have some pieces there that can put the puck in the net, which they've done in the last few weeks. So with the defensive style, great goaltending, good D. This isn't the kind of team. If I'm Andover, I'm not thinking this is like the 2016 Anoka Tornadoes. This is this is a real. Squad. This is a threat. Yes, this, is this is a, a threat, threat to the number one seed, and the number one seed is Andover. Andover, I would say, has the best defenseman in the Class Two A field. Maybe in Maybe the, the state. best player. Yeah, in um, Y Kaiser. This is a team that's deep, top to bottom. Right, Carl. Yes, yes, I am still here, um, and they certainly are. <laughs> you know, look at their top two lines; they're, I think, very balanced. You know, they they may not have the star power of Eden Prairies, but they can just come at you in waves and waves all game long. And the top two defensemen, Kaiser and Wolf, who they, they play a lot. They've been they've been splitting them up lately, actually. So yeah. Sort of um, trying to spread the love, I think, a little bit there. But they're also together on the power play in, in certain key situations, also. But I uh, know they didn't give us a single goal in sections. They're on a roll. It's been a long time since they've even played in a close game, which you know, can be a question mark. But on the whole, it's, this team is clicking as well as anyone in the state right now. Yeah, they, they're, they're a machine right now, I would say. Okay, moving on to the 4-5 game at uh, Friday, <laughs> more than likely. Yeah, it'll end Friday. And it will end on Friday. The five-seed Hill Murray um, Pioneers will play the Moorhead Spuds, the number four seed. Moorhead making the tournament off of a close game with Rozo. I watched that game. I was watching that game, too, on and off while calling another game. Right. But, no, that was that was a close game throughout, it looked like. You know, uh, at the end of the game, you know, on the team that do the, the pulled goalie, I never really – they never really got the puck in the house. They never really got it in a in a tough spot. Moorhead was never really threatened, even when the goalie was pulled. It just seemed like they just had. It seemed like the ice was tilted, and every shot that More Rosa was taking was uphill. Does that make sense? That does make sense. It just Stanford Center might want to look into that. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, Carl, is this the first time that two Frank B Goalies are playing against each other. Frank Rin. Wow. Um, finalist. Bet, yeah. Oh, did you say it? Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as I know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I can't think of another time. So this is that's an exciting feature in this game. Mr. Hockey candidates have faced off against each other, but Frank Brimsick. There you go. Goal yeah. 
number two. Uh, yes, have not matched up against each other. And so that's kind of an interesting take on that. Um, and so staying with Moorhead for a little bit, Moorhead is – I talked about a machine with uh, Andover. I, I think Moorhead's a real machine right now. They're playing good hockey. They play with heart. They play with passion. They have a brain. They have skill. They have goaltending. They have all the tools to go. The only thing that going that's going against them is their horrible seed that they got. Yeah, they got to play the night game. <laughs> yeah, it, it, or the AM game. You know, that's, you know, two nights in a row. That's yeah. that's tough to come back a third night. I think, and I think they got robbed. And and I'll be the first to admit it that they they beat. You know, why play regular season games? They beat Eden Prairie. They beat Eden Prairie. In overtime. Right in front of my eyes, I saw it. Yeah. I That is the loss to Hill Murray so big that it pushes them down. To, down. It, that's, but, not, but not below Hill Murray. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Carl. You know, and, and here's, here's the normal push, right? We play in the late conference. Well, Moorhead went 6-0-1 against the late conference this year. So you can't use the late conference card. Yeah, that it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. They have a better record or the same they have the same record. I don't want to make this yeah, show right about bad seedings cuz quite frankly, at the end of the day, the puck's going to drop and who wins wins and it's not going to really come down to that. The best team will win. Okay, talking about Hill Murray, Hill Murray gets to the state tournament off of a Pretty good section um, final win over White Bear Lake. I think I've been saying this all year. Hill's going to win. Hill's going to win. It's not as this has nothing to do like I'm right, you're wrong kind of thing. But I, I firmly come back to skill wins. Mm-hmm. What was the play that won the game? Skill. High speed, Nick Pierre, breakaway speed wins the game. So let's recap that for a little bit. Um, White Bear Lake goes up 2 nothing. Hill starts chomping back. The thing is, White Bear goes up 2 nothing. White Bear does what White Bear does. Goes into a trap. Goes into a 5-2-1 in the neutral zone. 5-2-1? They have eight guys oh, out there? 2-1-2. Two, two, yeah, one, that, two. that would be impressive. Wow, no wonder they're so good on D. I am sucking down Sudafed right now like you wouldn't believe for next week, so I'm healthy, okay? All right. <laughs> so I'm a little loopy. So they're in a well, two- at least you're not throwing F-bombs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that, Tony. Um, they're in a 2-1-2 two, two, uh, going in, and, and they just went to a passive style of play. And you cannot just sit back and relax and think that's going to win you the state tournament or a section game, right? And that, and so that's you know, and then uh, when you just don't play, um, you, like it was just weird gameplay that started to happen with a minute ten left in, in the um, power play with six minutes left in the game not taking a timeout and going from there and resting your guys and putting all the aches in the basket that said, I'm probably not going to get another power play from here on out. And, and that's what happens. You, you let up a shorty. And then to talk on top of that, the 15 seconds or maybe how long do you think that was, Carl, that there was five guys on the ice? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of what angry White Bear fans on Twitter today about the uh, – Blown too many men, but at the same time, though, if we look at White Bear in this game, you know they were pl- plugging along. And I thought where they kind of 
started losing it was when they started praying to the box in the second period. You know, they were in control of the game before that, and all of a sudden it's like they, they completely lost their touch. Well, and something else to add, Hill also had like five chances that they never capitalized on. And, mm-hmm. and, and Hill had the scheme right in this game too. Hill um, was yep. going down low on Steffens every chance they had and just whacking the puck, and they were really playing that very well. They, they knew what they wanted to do, and you could see that slowly over and over take over the game, that Hill's, mm-hmm. Hill's mentality just started to say, no, this is what we want to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And Remington Keppel had a save with probably seven minutes left. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Puck was behind him, centered out in front of him, and he squared that puck up on his one of his blocker pads, and it was so loud because it just hit the center of the pad. And it was just one of those, it's like he was there right at the right moment, right time. It was I think that perfect. that was probably the loudest the crowd got. Yeah, that was... Louder it, than the Pierre goal. It yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. The crowd went bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, because it was it was loud on both sides. Because yep. it, it was loud because White Bear thought loud they was were... groaning. It, it thought they were going to score. score. And, and then Hill thought, it, like, that was the... That was they the game-saving goal, yep. you know, type of thing. Yep. And the best part was right after that, there was a whistle. So Remy skates over, like the Hill student section was right there, and he just brushes off his shoulders and stuff. You could tell he had <laughs> swag. At yeah. that point, like, he yeah. had swag, and he knew what was going to happen type of thing. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. Anyways, so that's a little bit about Hill Murray. This team is very defensive. They don't let a lot of goals in. And they don't score a lot of goals. Well, they wear their black uniforms. That's all I care about. Yes. Uh, big game, Hills wears black. All right. I think this is a big game. I think they wear black. I'd be surprised if they wore green. Let's put it that way. I'd okay. be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Black hasn't been very good for them lately, though. Black was good in 2008, and that's right. what Lechner knows. Okay. All right. And you know what seed they were? They were the number... What were they, Carl? They were the four. number four They're seed. Four. Yeah, they were the number four seed. And they had to beat Rozo, who was undefeated going into them. Yes. There's a lot of history behind those blacks that is good luck. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Those are the games. You want to talk about what happens? Yeah. Okay. First game that we're going to talk about, predicting-wise, Maple Grove unseated Blake, the number two seed. Tony, who you got? Okay, you all rolled your eyes. I'll come back to you, Carl. Who do you have? <laughs> I'm going to go with Maple Grove. Mm. Oh, Tony was, wanted I was to gonna do go. that. Did I just steal your pick? I was just going to go there, but I, after the what was the game? I, uh, Mankato East. I came right out with Mankato East last in the in the A's. I didn't want to come out and do it again. Yeah. Yeah, you scared me off that Mikado East offset pick I was going to make when you came out that way. Right. right. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Blake. I'll go Blake. Okay. Um, let's start with Carl. Why Maple Grove? Uh, you know, I feel like this is a team on a mission. You know, they've lost all these players. It's been the team that kind of got beaten down down the stretch. You know, they they don't have anything. But if you watch them play, I mean, they can skate with anyone. They can skate with Blake. No problem. And if they can get that scoring touch, which I think they have the talent to do, they can win this game against a first-time tournament team in play. Okay. What do you think, Danny, now that I kind of agree with him? (laughs) 
I, I I still think Blake does it. I don't. I think Blake can score more goals. If this goes to a, a shootout. Blake Blake comes through. If this is a low scoring game, it favors Maple Grove, but I don't think it will be. So you guys see my tweet on the Maple Grove? No, no Janicky, no yeah, yeah, I like that. I literally was kind of, that was a little tweet for Eric Kukinen and and Curtis Janicky, right? Those guys built this program. You know, they from the from the ground up from mites. And, and you're not chirping right? favor no, at all. No, I wasn't chirping. Those, it was just like, no, it wasn't a chirp. It was like, look, it was more like, what? Look what these guys built. They built a factory of great you, hockey players. You built a state tournament team without uh, some of the best players that came through that program that year. And I just put, and it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was my attempt to put tip my hat to those guys for what they did, and my tip my hat to to Oakland. And Kernan and Jacobs and these kids who've kind of been in the shadows and now th- there's no looking you know like there's no turning around it's those guys that did it and it was how cool. cool how cool is it for William Matsky to play against them it's be awesome yeah he played in a Pee Wee state final with those kids all Bam- of them Bantam too yeah, that too no yeah I was there Tony yeah he was on that team yeah, yeah he was, was on that team as a yeah. first year yeah sorry because he played he yeah. didn't play with the team last year that won no no I was there sorry. Neat story about the kid, though. They were in regionals, and William Matsky wasn't even on the team, and he went to watch Ossie Maple Grove, his buddies, play uh-huh. in Bantams last year. So it's not like there's love loss at all. They, they're they still No, I'm very just saying friends. it's like a really cool, very cool. Like, you know, very story. Cool. Yep. Okay, so you were going somewhere. I, was saying, I didn't expect it to do what it did. Did you guys? I don't know what it's doing. Oh, my gosh. It was 200 and some likes, and... 35,000 impressions on one tweet that I was just kind of you know, throwing out there. It wasn't even, it, it wasn't like, well, this would be a good one, you know? Okay, so what's your take on this game? Mm. You want to go Maple Grove still? <laughs> uh, I said Blake. I'll so. go Maple Grove. Okay. I'll go Maple Grove too. That's my one, my one upset. Okay, Lakeville South versus Eden Prairie. Does the amount of talent that Eden Prairie have on the ice, is that too much for Lakeville South, Carl? In this one, I think so. And they don't have uh, Caden Welch to rescue them this year. I, I'm going, the reason Eden Prairie is going to win is because they're going to remember last year. And the only reason Lakeville South is going to win is because they're going to remember last year, if you know what I'm saying. The thing that I've had a hard time with Lakeville South all season is what's their quality win? We talked about it on the text string today. We were I, going through who's got wins against people in the state tournament. Does St. Thomas have a win over a St. Ter- tournament team? I'll check that in a second. I'm not sure I don't do. think they do. Lakeville South They have a not. tie. They have two ties. They have a tie to did, I say, did I say tie or did I say win? No, I'm just telling you what. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just made a visual gesture. Yes, it rhymes uh, with finger. off. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean. This is a team that I just haven't – their quality win, what is it, Rosemount? But Rosemount proved not to Rosemount. be a quality uh, – Hermantown? But, I mean, you're – Yeah, that's a quality win. That's a quality win, but it's not a Class 2A quality win. They don't have a quality win in in, in double A. And, and, I mean, they've lost – Does it count for fewer points? I guess it doesn't QRL. Well, okay. Thank you, Carl. You're the best, Carl. Ruining everything that I have to say, Carl. That's right. 
Someone's sensitive today. Very, very sensitive. Um, No, so that's that's my take on Lakeville South. I think they can do it. I don't think they will do it. Mm -mm. I don't either. Okay, next game. Andover, St. Thomas Academy. Who wants to go first on this one? I'm going Huskies. Okay, Carl? Yep, Andover. I think they, they just have a little too much in the tank. I'll I'll pick the upset on this one. Okay. Oh wow! Surprise! It's just a wow. Big, it's a it's a big limb. It needs to support me. Okay. Wow! It's but, about time you didn't pick them in sections, and all of a sudden they're your pick, huh? Bandwagon. Oh, seriously. I, luckily, I have enough. You did not pick them in sections. No, I'm okay with that. But they can beat Andover. But they can beat Andover. <laughs> I've seen Andover play. You're saying they aren't good. I've uh, what I struggle to see with Andover is where is their scoring going to come from? You know, all, it's a consistent three lines. Okay, if I need one person to score for St. Thomas, I know who's going to score it. Who? Hell. Okay. All right. Just making sure. I'm sure. You, I'm just making sure you know the people on the team because you didn't even pick them in sections. You yep. Score five goals. Yep. Um, I mean, like you have Hallam. Right. Oh, yeah, I Jared, know I'm right. Jared Wright. Oh, Jared Wright. There you go. 16. There's an O'Brien out there. There's a couple of them. Uh, One had a big goal at the end of the game, by <laughs> yeah, the way. How cool is that? I know. That was cool. That was really for cool. The, for that kid, you know, he's, you know, he, of the triplets, you know. Mm-hmm. It's been Connor, the whole, not Connor, but the, what's the other one? Uh, uh, the little one, number 19. Kind of been the guy, and this one Connor scores this huge goal for the school and skates back to the student section. I yeah. thought that was pretty neat. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, no, I I just the way that they're playing right now, I think can give Andover fits. Otherwise, it's going to be Andover the whole way. I'm picking an upset for you, Tony. Thank you. I like upset for you. picks. Okay. Carl hasn't picked one. No, no. Safe and steady. Safe and steady. Um, Maple Grove. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you did. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who has like two or three tournament wins, right? Don't they have two wins over tournament teams? Uh, yeah, Moorhead. Yeah. They, yep. Who else did it's they beat? Too. Blake. Blake. Yeah. yeah. Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hill Murray Moorhead. It's um, a good game. This is interesting. I didn't think it would be interesting at the end of the season. It was. I think that there's probably a lot of revenge factor and confidence factor too. What did Remy Keppel say during his interview? Talking about yeah, let like lets the barn, lets us out of the barn, opens the gate or yeah. something, right? You yeah. know, and you see a little bit of the gate being open for Hill Murray, right? That makes it interesting. Yeah, and then and then to play against Moorhead, who I think is ooh la la good. You know, so confident, senior laden, great goalie. You know. So much to play for. If anybody has a lot to play for in this tournament, isn't it? Isn't it this kids like it's the more, sons, right? the sons of you know Gregoire and Grammar? I mean, these yeah. guys' dads had you know no. Let's let's say a spade a spade. They went down in flames in the state tournament. Yep, they've built a program that's to be. To literally, that's to be envied. Envied by every ninety-nine percent of the state would envy what the what those guys have built up there. Yep. And if for their sons to skate off to the ice with the state title would be beyond special. 
Yeah. Talk about stories to be written. This is a story of a lifetime, you know? Yeah. And on the flip side, Hill also has Hill players' sons on their oh, team. Yeah. For sure. Oh. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of a cool, you know, so uh, both sides have cool storylines with them there. Strobel and Godboat. And yeah. It's it's very neat. Okay. Who wants to go first? I already said my piece. I'm I'm all in. Spud? I think I think I'm going to go Spuds at the end of this show. Spuddy? Just because. Why do you have to steal wow. my picks? <laughs> Why do you have this that was my pick? When I saw them beat Eden Prairie, that's been my secret pick all for the rest of the year. Okay, Carl, who do you got? I think I'm going to go with the Spuds too in this one. I I think it might be a close game, but I it, Spuds are going to win it. Yep. Okay. Wow. I swear, I'll agree on that one. Okay, Eden Prairie versus either Blake or Maple Grove. We since we picked Maple Grove, I'm going. I'm going to go uh, Eden Prairie in this one. Okay. Um, Carl, I would assume that you would agree with that. If it's Blake, if it's Blake and EP, does that change your mind? No. Okay. No. Carl? Probably not. I still I think, think so. I, the only <laughs> stumbling block for EP is they need to get off to a fast start. Just because it, it is they're, it's going to catch up with them. They're kind of Mike Tyson, aren't they? Yeah, you know, they come out and they knock you out, and, and they haven't done that. Yeah, as much as they could have. Exactly. I mean, yeah, but they that's, that's never been Lee Smith's team, though. It's like Eden Prairie is always kind of like, okay, hang in there, you know, steadily score, play their style, you, try to be in control of the game. They're, they don't bury people the way Grady Diamond teams do, or Minnetonka teams have done. Yep. That there's a lot of truth to that. I agree. Okay, um, so let's call it. Andover St. Thomas mm-hmm. versus Moorhead. They Moorhead played um, Andover in season. It was four to one. Not it wasn't even, even close. close. It was not even, never close. Not that even. Game. Not even close. The shots were like forty to like under twenty. I want to say. And it was, again, it was. It was Mid-season. a weird. That was a weird scheduling game because there was a snow makeup game, that kind of thing. I remember yep, there was a that, weird game. Yep, that was right during the holiday tournaments times. Yeah, they they so Moorhead goes down and sweeps through it's hockey a three for life. Three o'clock right? game, hockey for life, and then they played after New Year's. Yeah, it was a weird. So I'm gonna give my spuds a pass on that game. Okay, and I'm going spuds. I think the spuds are gonna win the state tournament. Okay, Carl, Tony's really really ruining my bold upset picks here. I know doing the same thing. I know, but I'm gonna I'll go with the spuds too. <laughs> I I have to. And my, and my thing here is. Andover hasn't played a big game in. They, they played Blaine late in the season, who was okay, but they haven't played a top ten team in well over a month now. And what it's a, the same question we have with Edina at, at this point in the season. Sometimes when they're just keep blowing through everyone, it's like, how do they react when they actually get into a game? What about Forest Lake? <laughs> what about <laughs> Elk River? I mean, they had the the cakes of cakewalks. Yep. Uh, ever. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason I didn't turn to you, Carl, to talk about the Andover section final because that wasn't it even was a, not necessary. No, not necessary at all for that. Um, no, I have Moorhead too. So let's say Moorhead EP rematch of 2009. Nine. Yep, nine. Where Eden Prairie belonged there, Moorhead did not belong there, arguably speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Who you got this year? I've already told you. Spuddy? Mashed potatoes. Carl? Mm, it's it's more in the state final. I, I, it's, I can't fight history. Eden Prairie's winning. I... And this is where I'm going with Tony. I, I think that Moorhead, I saw them, when I saw them, I only saw them play Wyzetta in the beginning of the season. Thought they were a good team. You they know, won, like, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were a good team, right? And then um, I didn't go to Hockey for Life because. You don't like my tournaments, thanks. That's the one. And there was also an ice storm. <laughs> and There I was, was? Yeah, on Saturday. I believe you. I, yeah. I don't recall. Um. And then I saw them play St. Cloud Cathedral. Oh, yeah, we had a cancellation of one of the JV yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And you're then right. I saw them play St. Cloud Cathedral near the end of the season. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, I see a lot of teams. I've seen. And they handled them, didn't they? Yeah. I. That was the thing is, you know, I sit back and I look at, you know, all that stuff. And it's just like, okay, wait, this is a. This is a different team than I've seen so far. I've seen 49 teams this year. Okay. They're the That's best. That's funny. Our oh. website's seen 149. That's cool. <laughs> and I didn't take a single pitch for it. <laughs> um, but they were the best, most complete team I saw all season, top to bottom. I think so, too. And, and that's that's the thing is they have the goaltending. They have the defensemen. They have the they everything. The deep forwards. And I just. Do they have the depth? That's my yes. Guess. Yes. Yes. Overbo was playing on the third line. Yep. They it, do. It, yeah, it was just. But he's really the only player on those, those top three on the top line who's produced at a high level. Yeah. I just. I don't know. It, yeah, like, my, my one thing I can think out with this team. I, I, I think they're very good also, but. So Triggs Triggs has like the fifth most points in Spud's history for a season. And uh, like you start to look at some of the stats that they're producing up there and it's actually, it's really, really special. I saw a tweet about, and you got to take a little bit of this with a grain of salt, but I saw a tweet about multi-sport athletes on the, on the roster. He plays four sports. Wow! <laughs> what is he like? The kicker on the football team? I don't know. Yeah, he was the kicker. Was that what it was? Yeah. Oh, I was like kind of making and, up. And he's like a goalie from the soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's just awesome. And I always say you got to take a little bit of the northern stuff, the the multi sport, because a lot of these teams more it's a little more like a metro team because of the size yeah. of their school. But a lot of these teams, like Green Bay, wouldn't have a football team if oh, yeah. if the five hockey players they were in the elite league didn't play on the football team. You know, like, they have to play or else they would be shunned in town, you know? I know. I laughed like well, multi-sport, I'm like, well, pretty much got to play baseball. I know you're the right fielder and you can't even hit, but you are still on the baseball team. Like, you know, Eveleth tweeted out all their multi-sport. Right, I was right. like, well, let's think about it. Yeah, it's a little more misleading in a small town versus, like, Wyzetta. Like, if you can make one varsity team at Wyzetta. Oh, what are you doing? Dishes. Why are you doing dishes? Are you doing dishes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it takes four hours, I have to do some other things. <laughs> <laughs> when's, when's the vacuum coming out? Uh, right after this. <laughs> You're not going to be home for like half the week. I'm waiting for the toilet to flush. <laughs> okay. Anyways, to wrap this up, Carl, are we done? Are we done? Can we finish this for you? I guess. Yeah. Um. But. 
just clink, 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 clink. Um, what what are you most looking forward to, Carl? Coming down this week, I guess. Oof, where do I start? Um, well, our, our Tuesday party will be a great thing as always. Um, going to see our Warroad friends, which is a great thing. Have haven't seen them on stage well ever really since I was twenty last time they were on stage. Um, we're going to see oh. Our, our spud friends, I'm getting a tough potato at some point, hopefully before I leave for the tournament. So uh, they're just, just so many little things that just add up to make the tournament the tournament. It's hard to pick out one or two. Tony, anything special that you're doing this year? Uh, I'll be selling my book um, at Zamboni's on Saturday, and you'll see like 900 tweets about that. So I'll bring... Probably 20 books. Should I bring 20? I don't know. 20 or 30 uh, books. I don't know. I'll, I'll bring some books. I'm not going to go into the expo and Well, you can always storm in time. the car, right? Yeah, if I needed more. Have one of it's your... going to be two hours. Like when the Class A interview is over to when the Class AA finals. Probably from like 2.30 to 6, I'll be at Zamboni's uh, signing books, selling, sending and signing books. So that's I'm looking forward to that because I've never done that before. Yeah, no. I've never done that before. Um, um, I'm looking forward to spectacular. That's what I'm looking forward to because the tournament is spectacular. Are you laughing because of the dishes in the background? <laughs> yeah. So am I. Like, I'm looking forward to Carl finishing his dishes so people will actually listen to me what I'm looking forward to. Um, what well, about you, Danny? I I should be calling um, some games, so that's always it, it's that's exciting. It's exciting. I it, just when you're calling a game at the X and you look over like in one of the directions and you see Lou calling a game as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's really cool. I don't it, it's hard to describe. I mean Oh, here we go. There's the blender. <laughs> or the that's the that's the disposal. It's garbage disposal. Carl. Okay, we got to wrap this show up, I guess. It's going down the tubes, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It is definitely. It was a great show until Carl started cleaning the kitchen. Okay. Um, thanks, Dave Levake, for coming on. Attorney Time is his book. Like he said, visit legacy.hockey if you want to get a copy of it. Um, and definitely, it sounds like, find him and Lauren during the tournament, and they'll um, definitely tell you some fun stories. And to learn about any uh, cleaning supplies or things like that, you could always go to Carl's site or go to the forum and learn more about that. He's definitely your man. Uh, We'll be together. Uh, We'll do another show a week from tomorrow, uh, Sunday. We'll wrap up the season. Until then, we'll see everybody at the tournament. I'm Tony Scott for Danny Ryan and Carl East. I've got Ferraris, Maseratis, drive all over the place. I drink martinis, never seen these looks all over their face. My friends all know that I'm cool. I've been this way since high school. Cause life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater. And it